come from Africa? I mean, how, what was that like uh, where you came from? And how, how was life there compared to what you came into? Um, I mean, fortunately for me, I was already raised in a, in a modern setting. Okay. So first off, when I was down there as a kid, I'd gone to a literally a private school which was in town. It was an only boys school, uh, also a boarding school, but I was a day scholar, so I got to go home. Um, but that school was dominantly, basically, full of white kids and Indian kids. So I was already pretty familiar with, with other races. Yeah. Um, and I'd been speaking English all my life anyway, but I had been speaking it with with this accent that I'm using right now, you see. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't all too bad. I was pretty used to traveling up and down anyway. Um, my mom, because down there when you're at school, you do, it's not the same system. It's where you have three months on in school, and then you have one month off. And then three months on, one month off. Three months on, one month off. Interesting, okay. And the academic year starts from January, ends in December. Not September to... Yeah, I you know, I know never, I've never got why we start in September. That makes almost no sense to me. But uh, they've been doing it since time immemorial. Yeah, I, th- I think that's more of an American thing as well. But I, 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 I was shocked and confused. But um, yeah, so when I came here, it wasn't... It wasn't too daunting, but it was my environment was vastly different. You know, I was able to back it back at back at home. I'd come home from school, put some shorts on, and then just run around with nothing but my shorts on. No shoes, no nothing, because everyone else was around me in my in my neighborhood. The same thing. Um, it was, yeah, it was all literally middle class. I grew up in a, in a sort of middle class setting. Um, you know, mums was a teacher and all. Um, I had a living maid, so I had someone that looked after me. All right. So it wasn't all too bad. I, I, in fact, I would say when I came here, certain things were were downgraded, like per se. Well, you lost your no, maid. <laughs> yeah, literally, no more maid. So now, at ten years old, I have to start buffing myself. Um. <laughs> I have to start ironing my own clothes, and I have to teach myself how to cook because sometimes mum won't get back home till seven, and I don't want her to start, you know, running around and doing da 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 da. So I, I I literally taught myself how to cook over the phone with all the family members. They were like, right, do this, do that, do that, do that. <laughs> so ten years old, I was cooking and ironing, oh, which is <laughs> pretty gangster. Yeah, it's true. These are the things that like um, they they um, they frame you for life. You know, they teach you early. This is it, it gives you a certain discipline about it. You know, you, you have a different yep. respect or an understanding of what has to go on around you to make you have your life. If you a lot of people, yeah. their parents would take care of it, and you're just like playing video games or whatever, or doing whatever kids do. But like you said, there you you had to do it yourself. You you uh, you learned a different respect probably earlier than most people would. Which I'm thankful for because. There's one thing I want to say. I want to say to my friends, especially with with the cooking part, because I've always been quite proud of myself for being able to just put anything together that I put my mind on. 
or you know, um, all I have to do is just, just read a recipe. I would. I've never followed a recipe to his tea ever. I always add on my own Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Same, same here. Yeah. Supposed to make it yours, much like wrestling moves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but with that, I've always been complaining to all my boys and saying there are a lot. Well, not a lot, but there's there's quite a few guys out there walking around enjoying my recipe because I taught a lot of ex-girlfriends how to cook. <laughs> so I teach them and they're out here feeding their new boyfriend so these guys are benefiting for, for from the fruits of my labour um, <laughs> so I'm forever pissed about that but no, what, what can no, you do they, they meet all your boys and I say oh man my wife just cut me a nice meal <laughs> <laughs> well now thankfully I found I, I found um, I found the girl of my dreams oh awesome man she literally cooks anything and everything and makes it perfect. Um, <laughs> hey, you can't argue with but, that. If she can cook, that's, a, that's half the battle. Oh, yeah. That, mate, she can cook. She understands wrestling because she's a wrestler. So I, I met her through okay. uh, the training school. Um, so to have someone that understands your hopes and passions and shares that same thing. I have truly never been so blessed and I've never been bored with her. You know, not not bored as in what are we doing, but I'm saying bored intellectually. Dude, like, I came across a few people where, you know, gorgeous girl, everything just seems right, but the lights Couldn't are on, but no one's that. home. They, they don't see the bigger picture. They very narrow view, or they just sit there and watch like Desperate Housewives or whatever. They're pretty. They're smart. Like I, th- I think someone just described something to me once. Like um, uh, a girl can be a bit like a firework. She's bright. She's beautiful, and then she speaks. Because <laughs> then you hear, <laughs> then you hear, then you hear the bang, and it's like, oh, it's all over now. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it's the saddest thing because. You know, you have this person so much in your head and then you realise you're just, you're unchallenged. You know, it, it, it's it's not that I sit here and think, well, I want someone to challenge me, but challenge me intellectually. Make me think about something or have a deeper conversation right, than yeah. what you are seeing on TV. You know, just simple things that you don't get to have every day, what Hey man, you are talking my language, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can, you, can, you can get with that person, and it's... I've learned that once you get that, you probably shouldn't shouldn't let it go. Um, so, and you, I, so you met her in a wrestling I, school. So when did you uh, when did you take up uh, wrestling school? And was so I, I know where you train at House of Pain. So was that your first wrestling school? Or how, how did all that come about? It's my first and only wrestling school, really, I've ever been to. Um, so, I first started it around 2011. Yeah, it was 2011 when I was at uni. And I decided, do you know what? Let me get up off my arse. I've always actually wanted to do this wrestling thing. Why can't I do it? Let's do it. Um, I went there. I did about five lessons. And then one day I just had one really but 
it wasn't a bad lesson. I just overworked myself and didn't stretch properly. Okay. Which basically gave me spine problems, as in I had this thing where it's a trapped nerve and pains would be shooting down my leg. And that was in 2011. So I, I literally never came back to another session in 2011 after that fifth, fifth lesson. Um, and I basically hit behind, oh, my spine's gone. I, I can't ever do it anymore, you know. <clears throat> and then, fast forward, of course, uni was done. I get into my normal job. Like, what, what, what I do now, professionally. Um, and I was just waking up every single day feeling like I literally exist for this job. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm happy about it. I love the job. It pays me well. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But it didn't really give me meaning. You know, I, I was literally just, just, just waking up to, to exist and then come back. Um, even with, I'd taken up weightlifting in my first year of uni as well. Yeah. Even with that, still able to go to the gym. So I had a degree of good mental health, but it was all going downhill slowly and there was no way I could stop it. I was like, I'm not really living for it. I have nothing really to live for. It was just depressing. And then I never stopped watching wrestling from, from when I was, what, eight? So wrestling had always been the constant. And I told myself, you can't just give up because you think you have a spine problem. That's that's an excuse. Kurt Angle won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck. Okay. <laughs> that's it. I can fix my spine. Um, and so me and a, a friend that I recently came across at my gym, who was also refereeing um, fun, he, he also wanted to go train at, at House of Pain. And I told him, look, give me two months and I'll see if I can get myself in a, in a condition where I can actually go and start training. For those next two months, each and every single night I, I went to sleep, I took a pillow and placed it on that, on the right side of my, of my body. Yeah. Um, to to try and alleviate the pain from from my spine essentially, because it was my lower back in my spine. Yeah. And it was horrible. Slept on the pillow for two months. I felt great, and I went back. And this is in 2018, early 2018 or 17. I'm not too sure. But all I know is I trained for about a year and a half at House of Pain before I debuted. And my official debut was the 15th of December, 2018. All right. So literally a two-year so, yeah. anniversary almost then. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, um, yeah, I went back and I, I've not looked back since. I... I, I walk around and live and breathe every day knowing that one, I'm doing it my way. Two, I'm finally something I've always wanted to be. Like I'm a version of myself I've always wanted to be. Um, and I think that's truly a blessing because there's not many people that are walking around on this earth, let alone these streets, that can say, I am living my dream. You know, regardless of any sort of goals I have within wrestling or, you know, where I want to take it, I can wake up each and every single day and say, 
I'm what I've always wanted to be and I'm living my dream and I did it my way. Um, and there's there's no greater feeling than that. There honestly isn't. No, so, talk to me about talk, talk to me about your uh, your personality because I, I was in writing a kind of like a bit of a I hate to use the word bio a bit about this this podcast that we're doing. I, I wrote a little bit of a blurb about it and I kind of I wrote the word uh, it's a double life because effectively you are you know you are yourself in the real world and then you are your character. And, I ha- and, the th- and the one fascinating thing about wrestling is that it's where those meet uh, for every character. You think, how, how much of The Undertaker is he outside? How much is he Austin? You hear him talking about is that he, I, I'm actually myself, but I'm ramped up by 10. You know, I, I'm I, this is me, but I, I, I up myself. So well, how far is Xander and how far is Lovejoy when you're when you're you and you're, you're confident and you're doing your thing? It, it, it's literally as you've just said. It's because Xander Zuli was. It was an idea that I'd sort of glossed around for about what. I literally only thought about it for about ten minutes, um, and then I, I I passed on it in my head. I was in a process of trying to figure out what sort of wrestling character I was going to have at the time because it was before I debuted, um, and because of that. I personally had always been a fan of the lover boy type characters. The, 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 you know, do you know Rick Rude? Yeah, of course, yeah. He was probably the yeah. first guy I understood was a personality in wrestling as a kid. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I, I used to, when I was a kid, I was maybe like 10, 11 years old. I'd be watching WCW Worldwide on like Yorkshire TV. And, and the characters at the time you had Sting, you had Vader, you had Ron Simmons, and of course you had Rick Rude. You know, he literally. Yeah was at that point where it's pre-injury and you hated this guy because he was such a dick. He was so, he would always bend the rules. He would always cheat to win. And he was the he first was guy I understood was a character. And I absolutely loved him because I hated him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're Rick Rude, you're, you're Norman Smiley's, you're Disco Infernos. I, I'd always liked those type characters. So in my head, I told myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have sort of like a, a lover boy type character. You know, my name's Lovejoy anyway, yeah. so it, it worked. I was never quite um, a, the smooth type in real life. Yeah. So I thought I could probably pull that off in wrestling. So, and of course, with that, you have to get your gear created or, you know, for your overall look. Yeah. Uh, and I was discussing the, the gear itself with the lady that makes all my wrestling gear. Lady's name is Laura, aka Pinky. Um, she's from House of Pain, but she literally does gear for wrestlers all around the country. Bandix by Pinky, if you, <laughs> you know, on, on on Instagram, and she's she's generally very good. So I told her about this gimmick, and she looked at me and she said, "No, um, we already have one of those." In, in House of Pain, and his name is, is Bendigo, who later on ended up becoming a, a, a real good friend of mine. Um, guy guy called Jordan Bendigo. So he already had that gimmick. And I was like, damn, what am I going to do? And then and then the the, the Zander Zulu character popped up in my head. Um, first of all, the reason for the name is Zulu is the language I speak at home. So English is not my first language, of course. Um, 
and the name Xander is a name that my grandmother was going to give me before I was officially named Lovejoy. So before I was born, I was going to get the name Xander, but I never did. Um, so I'd always decided to, to just use, you know, those two names because it, it, to, to me, me personally, it flows just Xander Zulu. It, it's easy to remember. Um, and I got that idea from comic books. If you notice, a lot of co- main comic book characters will have a first name and last name that sounds the same or at least starts with the same letter. That's right, you know? Know, that was uh, Stan Lee's little plan is to make sure that's what people remembered. Uh, Peter yeah. Parker and so on. Yeah, literally, yeah, literally I, was li- I was literally thinking Peter Parker. Um, so I liked it in that respect. And I said to her, I said, do you know who Shaka Zulu is? She was like, yeah, I've heard of Shaka Zulu. I was like, right. I sent her an image of King Shaka Zulu. He, he was essentially the Genghis Khan of Africa. He, yeah. he, he, he pillaged his way up and down uh, South Africa. But anyway, I sent her that picture and I said, I want to become a character called Xander Zulu. Uh, accent and everything, because the accent I don't even need to struggle with because it's it, it's... It, it comes naturally because one, it's something I still hear at home. Like people still speak English like this at home. And two, it, it's something I used to have anyway before I I was forced to change my accent to a British one because kids are cruel when you're 10 years old. Yeah. And you hear the term go back to Africa one too many times, you will adapt or you perish. <laughs> <laughs> but those were different times. Um yeah so i said zander zulu she saw it and she said do it this is what we're going with because no one else in wrestling is is doing that That's or right. anything no, no one's that. got a character like that anymore i think i was thinking back to um world of sport there was certainly a couple of characters who did that kind of look um you know with, with a cheetah style pants with the uh the leopard mm. style stuff but you know not certainly not in 30 40 years man so yeah ah uh, <laughs> poor tight kamala um, <laughs> of which a lot of my friends make fun of me and call me Kamala, but I'm like, they're, they're two different things, damn it. He was from Uganda. I don't even relate to him, but it doesn't matter. It all looks similar. It's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, just said that, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Because at the same time, out there in the wrestling world, especially in the independent scene, there was way too many individuals that essentially look the same and if they don't look the same they make themselves hard to remember because there's nothing that particularly stands out like and i don't necessarily mean wrestling ability as it goes because um you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't necessarily stand out or have anything memorable about you you will just be that just, guy. Just another you know, guy, yeah, you're guy number, generic guy number two. You're just another guy, of which me, the reason I always liked to watch professional wrestling, it wasn't for the wrestling, good God it was not, because I'll be honest with you, the Attitude Era was terrible for yes. wrestling content compared to now. Like, Attitude was nothing but brawls. Like, m- most of the match would be brawl. One punch, two punch, scoop slam, finisher, it's all over. But, the stories is what kept us captivated. Obviously, um, you will have those sections 
where the matches were great. Um, I would I'd particularly credit the cruiserweight division in WCW. Oh, yeah, like man. that was great wrestling, just just to watch. But you put on Steve Austin versus Triple H. It's 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 literally a brawl and Triple H running away, and then cheating and pedigreeing him. It's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true. Yeah, even back in the Hulk Hogan years, there wasn't much happening. But well, because well, that, that person the... had a big character and a lot of charisma, it stuck. So myself, um, my biggest inspiration and my favorite wrestler of all time will always be The Rock. Um, I, I, anything to do with The Rock got me through my childhood up until this point. I'm a you know big fan. He's my hero. Um, but I've always, they say, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, but myself, I'd always taken the idea of making my character larger than life, even down to the way you, you talk or, you know, use body language at a certain time. Um, so, so for example, sound, if you say, I was going to say, you already sound better than most of the AEW Russell. You're already talking about psychology there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. wrestling psychology is something that's actually lost on a lot of people oh, in the modern, like, madly in in one day. I've been in a match with a person, and they say, "Okay, I'm gonna do this flip. I'm gonna do such and such." And I'm like, "Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. First of all, I'm not gonna remember that. I'm not gonna remember that. Number two, you're doing this." But why are you doing it? Dude, that, that is the most important question. That is yeah, it. <laughs> like, you know, and this person wasn't... They were not a good guy. They were not a face. They were they were, they were a bad guy. And they're talking about doing flips and such. I'm like, first of all, that's wasted movement. You're already a bad guy. Yeah. I have no, I'm not worried that you outshine me in any way. But if you're a bad guy... Why should you entertain them with flips when you can do something that is equivalent, looking more aggressive, taking less effort, and will get just as good a, re- a reaction, if not better? So I can tell you if you listen to Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, I actually don't. Um, Jim Cornette is... <coughs> uh, uh, I feel... My buddies actually listen to him hardcore. Um, when I say buddies, I mean you do get those guys who are very, very old school and now to keep an old school mentality, even though they are my age. You know, they are big fans of Cornette. Whereas I just have a good support system around me where they do tell me, yo, psychology is most important in your match. You, you And, you know, I'll credit that to Sticks. Yeah. First of all, yeah, because uh, sure. yeah, he, he he's my trainer. He he <laughs> he essentially made me everything I am. But the people that will be around him, um, you know, the other trainees, helped me a lot. You'd be surprised how much you can learn from your peers away from your trainer. Like sticks has only taught me, you know, to a certain point. I still train like. Because training is important. You, you cannot slack. Because if you don't train, it shows in your matches. And I've seen a few people that don't train. Um, you can tell, you know. But 
<laughs> that support system I've had around me will always give you, you know, give me feedback and say, that thing that you did, that was shit. Don't do it again. If you are going to do it again, make sure it makes sense as to why you're doing it, not just do it, you know. You know, you know I, I think you always say that. I think that's a very British thing. You know, I, I've, I've watched British wrestling for, what, maybe 20, 30 years. And that, mm. throughout, they say that the, um, like Alex Shane's, like, method or the British Wrestling Council that was, um, that syllabus that went out there, you know, things made sense. You know, that was an important part of British wrestling. You know, you did things because they made sense as opposed to doing things just for the sake of doing moves. And you think, you, you know, yeah. you watch a lot of, I hate to use the word, modern wrestling shows, particularly uh, AEW, a lot of bit of impact as well, even NXT to some degree, they're doing stuff. It's like, why? What is the purpose of this? We, we, we don't need furniture in here. We need a wrestling match. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but on the other side of things, I thoroughly enjoy watching modern wrestling, just mainly because of the athleticism. Um, but I'll be the first person to tell you, 15 to 20 minutes, yeah, we're good. 30 to 40 minutes, my cardio will struggle. <laughs> I could probably do it, but my cardio will struggle. But in the modern day, um, the way I see it is it's evolved. Um, and a lot of things that we loved and enjoyed are fading away or they're a dying breed. The way I've decided to look at it is I'm not ever going to try and tell myself I can out-wrestle such and such person or I can uh, I can do fl- flashy such and such, because I can't. I'm a, I'm a big dude, but I'm not that tall. So there's very... I, I know my limits, and I stick to them. But what I've decided is, even though I have limits, it doesn't mean I can't have workarounds. You know, it's about... It's mainly about adapting or being able to adapt to anyone's style that you are put with, yeah, regardless right. of what you want to do. Yeah, whether they work off the right it, or whether they work off the left, you know. Um. So if you can adapt, I think you can last a lot longer. Um, and there was one of the people that told me was um, a gentleman by the name of Kyle Kingsley. Um, he's, he's, he's making a great name for himself all over the country. Um, he also runs Future Wrestling. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that he told me is no one expects you to be able to do everything or, you know, everyone has their place on a show, but more importantly, you must know your place in a show. Yeah. You know, you, you must know your value. And knowing your value doesn't mean overvalue yourself and start demanding X, Y, and Z, but knowing what you're good for and where you fit and what, you know, your true value within that audience because one of the beauties about wrestling is it has something for everyone and that's what a lot of old school guys don't seem to appreciate sometimes is that we're now in a time where it has to have everything for everyone but even back then, you had characters like Doink the Cloud and don't even get me started on the, the mere idea of The Undertaker. Naked minion. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> an undead mortician with superpowers. 
you know, you know burying people and putting them in a hearse and all types of shit. That's crazy to me, but that, that that's a very, very unique character that I can't even get to because he's in his own category. Like, if I had to pick a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, I wouldn't put Undertaker in it because he's his own mountain. You, you know, yeah, he's his yeah, own genre. He's like the equivalent of Prince or Michael Jackson to me. Yeah, and it's not. I get what you say, though, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, merely saying that because he's retired. I've always looked at it like that. Um, but I digress. I, I have no idea <laughs> where I was before this. So um, I think okay. we're talking, I think we began really with like the wrestling character, how we, where where there's one of another, and then we came into um, how you developed your character. And I guess you're looking at the wider character bursts that are out there. So we touched on the Rock, we touched on Taker, um, and I guess he, like you said, he is a quite unique character who's also had to evolve. You know, there's a quite a few guys of that era who they've evolved through different characters and have kept themselves fresh. Um, yeah. different ways and I, I guess he he almost went through the superhero phase you know when he um, he evolved to take on all these new characteristics like like the lightning bolt from the sky and shit it almost becomes a pantomime of a character um, but I guess it just kept him new through that whole attitude era of Russo and so on um, so is, is it relevant now well no I, 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 I actually when he came back I wanted him to be like the big evil kind of taker where he was a bit more himself I'm so glad you said that because Big Evil, not not the American badass, because that's like 2000 to 2001, too, but Big Evil, like hardcore champion, undisputed champion, that is my favorite incarnation of The Undertaker ever. It's probably the closest to how he really is in real life, Taker. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Um, I, I just. I'd say the the point that did it for me when I was like, okay, no, this is definitely my my favorite version of Undertaker because we all love the Dark Overlord and such and yeah. such. It was in a segment where he was in a program in a feud with Ric Flair, so we decided to go to a training a wrestling school where Ric Flair's son trains. Um, guy by the name of David Flair. Okay. Yeah, I think that was his name, David Flair. Taker goes in there and proceeds to beat the seven realms of hell out of him. Um, leaves him bloody as hell, sat next to a, uh, a toilet seat. Undertaker then sits down, puts his arm around him. Bear in mind, the guy's half dead full of blood. And he just looks at him and says, you did good, kid. Really, you did. And it, it was just such a badass moment. While I was like, okay, that's my guy. This is my favorite version of Taker. Um, just those subtle little things. You know what is really oh. subtle about that is because I can remember that really, really well. And it was that in that match with Ric Flair, I think the match is building up to that. And it is that it's about 2002. There's this moment where he, 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 he backs a guy off the ropes and he comes out and Taker does a drop toe hold. And the place goes mental because. Take a do the drop toe hold. What? He's doing a wrestling move. And I, I, I honestly, I felt like kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't do that. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> playing Mark Turner for a simple move. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it, it is those little things that 
earn you a little bit of longevity as well. It, it, it's character evolution. Yeah. Um, that is something that I found is a necessity because naturally speaking, you get bored. Like the human brain gets bored of one character. Even in your, you know, in any person's favorite sitcom, you first like a character, but eventually if he stays the same or nothing much happens with him, you move on to the other guys that seem more yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And I, I think that's that's one of the hardest things to fight. Well, battle with when you're in wrestling is staying relevant and making sure you look fresh. Yeah, I think you know? a lot of guys have done really well with that. I guess you could say um, a few good examples would be um, Jericho, I guess. You know, he's constantly evolved his character. Uh, Kelsey- I think. He's the greatest example of of, of reinvention um, when it comes to that. Um, second person off the top of my head is the four faces of Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I suppose that's different because it's, it's you know he's actually changing his name or it's entirely a different gimmick. But everyone can tell that's him. Yeah, I guess. Um, who else? Do you, do you have one? One more of, of a great example of someone who's reinvented themselves? You know, I, I would, I, I would think around a lot of the Japanese guys actually, because I do tend to watch a lot more New Japan um, and All Japan and so on. But you know, like Okada, you know, he came in as like a guy with dark hair, simple black boots, uh, black trunks, and his characters got more and more complex to the point now where this guy. The way that they booked him is un- unmatched and unrivaled. But actually, when they give him a weakness, that actually makes him more complex. So there was a time when he he gained uh, balloons randomly because that that was his first gimmick that he wanted to go back to on himself. Um, you know, he started wearing red trunks and he had quite a solemnness. And then when he needed to become the rainmaker again, he just uh, whipped out his gold trousers. Now literally, he's a he's a wrestling god when he comes out with a. Um, I don't know if you know much about Japanese mythology. Um, what Wrestle Kingdom last year, he had this uh, incredible entrance where these two massive projected um, uh, Aizagni and Aizami, who are the Japanese creator gods, are kind of beamed onto this wall behind him. And he comes out and he's like, he's standing with them. And he goes to the ring and it's like, fuck me, this is just full of awe. <laughs> and then he had this incredible match. And it's like, oh my God, I can feel the nerve, the body tingling. Like, no, nothing like that. You know what? It's something I've I've heard being said, and I think there is no words that are truer. Wrestling is a live action comic book, dude. I, the way I describe, it, I, I I put it as live action theater, and, and yeah. I, I say theater because like it, it, I hate to use the word performance because it's more intuitive in the moment. You're going with the flow, but it, you have to act. You have to. Be a stuntman. You have to be in peak performance. You have to be an athlete. Your your body has to be um, what's the word? For it? it has to have the cardio to go. You know, and you have to have to be a personality that. So it's every form of almost extreme performance combined with a with a with a theater that's not at the end of a stage. It's in the center of an arena, and every eye can see everything you're doing. And if you go to a theater, you know you can go backstage in a ring. You can't go anywhere because everyone's looking at you. And I, I said that exact same thing to one of my managers at work. He was like, wrestling? 
ain't it fake? I was like, bitch, I am my own stuntman. Do you, do you understand what this is? I filmed the damn movie, remember the damn lines, and do my own stunts. Do you understand how difficult that is? Like, you, you people will never truly appreciate what it's like. Um, but it all depends really on, on, on who the wrestler is and how you wrestle. What it's like to think and try and remember a spot or a sequence when you are 10 minutes in, your lungs are burning because your cardio is, is shocking. Like, it, it, there was so much that goes into just a standard match. Like, and I never truly appreciated it up until I started actually wrestling. That there, there, there was way too much that goes into it. I mean, eventually, it, it just becomes second nature where those little things that you would have had to worry about before, your your, your brain's already registered them and you, you're now just doing it naturally. But from the art of, first of all, remembering what you're doing, knowing that, you're surrounded by people, so you don't, unlike actors or anyone else, you don't get a second take. You know, if you fuck up, you fuck up. Sorry, for, excuse my swearing. Right. You, you know, if you mess up, you mess up. And there's no going back from that. You can you can lose a crowd just like that. They can be right behind you, but you can do one little thing wrong and you will lose them. But the real skill I've realised is in it, which is something I'm still mastering, I have not by any means mastered completely yet, is knowing how to cover up a mistake to a point where they won't realise that something was supposed to happen and it didn't. Like, as a wrestling fan like yourself, I know for a fact you would be able to tell if something was supposed to go one way, but it didn't. Um, because you are serious about your wrestling watching, but yeah. for your casual fan who's came there with his, you know, his two kids and his wife, just for the evening or the, the afternoon, they're not going to notice. But it's about ensuring that the show goes on, regardless of whatever your issue is, and you know, it it, it takes a lot, and I never appreciate it, and I, I still don't think people do it's why i can no longer listen to the internet wrestling community anymore when it comes to opinions about anything to do with wrestling because i once heard triple h um during a promo he said one thing that stuck with me and this is this is before i was ever a wrestler but i understood it enough for it to stick with me where he said you know all you fans listen to these rumors and do a lot of this talk and say who should be getting what and where they should be going. And you talk as if, you know, you know everything there is to know about this business, when in reality you don't know the first damn thing about it. Um, And he said it with such a smug smile where he'll say something and you think, no, that guy knows exactly what he's talking about. Like, I, I truly understood him in that moment. And from then... I, I just learned that, one, you can't always have your way, much like comic books. Every, every single form of entertainment has its 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 procrastinators and its protesters when something doesn't go their way. Um, but I think in the modern day, it, it, it's definitely about 
keeping the plan and not having to change it just because a few number of people see things this way. And I think that's the problem with a lot of things, let alone wrestling, a lot of things in society. There is this massive cancel culture where a group of people don't get what they want and now they're pissed. And especially in video games, my God, I can't deal with it. <laughs> in video games, people will moan and complain. For example, the Avengers game. Have you have you played that game? I, I did play the demo and I didn't buy the game. I did think it was not for me. But it was alright. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those games where it was either for you or it's not for you. Me personally, I have uninstalled it. I've still got it. I'm going to install it back when I've at least got three or four DLCs to play with. Because that game, I was driven by the story. I don't care about anything else. I really don't. Um, but you you had a massive uproar of fans saying, no, this is trash, such and such. We don't like the enemy types. We don't like... Then don't play. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. Um... Is it because people want to play? They want to do that, but it's not in the environment they want their character to be in. Do you think that's mm. what it is? And I've I, I just learned to just... It might be a very docile opinion, <laughs> but I've learned to appreciate what I'm given. Because, one, you have no idea how long you have to appreciate all of these things. And two, why would I complain when it's never been given to me in any other way? It's like... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is many different opinions sure. um, about those films um, and comparing each individual film to its original comic book story arc. You know, people will have their complaints and say, but I didn't like the way they did this. and I, did I agree, but I've also learned to go, hang on, I didn't have a Captain America or an Iron Man or an Incredible Hulk. In, well, we had the Incredible Hulk in live action. That was terrible, but it was great for its time. Um, so was Captain America in the 1970s with his bubble helmet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I look at it as, I've never been given this before. This is something that was never gifted to me as a kid or in any other time. So do you think so, it's entitlement? Do you think that's what it is? It's misunderstood entitlement. I should have this the way I want it to be or else I'm going to stop my feet. One, 100% it, it, is, it is entitlement because people are literally doing their, their entire life's work just for a person to go nah, it should have been like this. No, it shouldn't. If, if Marvel's Avengers was literally copied everything off, off, the, off the comics... You, you you wouldn't have such a massive fan base because a lot of people are going there to see what they do differently. Especially me. I, I would look at it as I wonder what's going to be different from the original story or what kind of two stories are they going to put together. It, it, it is something that does nag me in today's society of just sheer empowerment instead of just holding, appreciating the moment and what's been presented to you. And just moving on. Yeah. Even even the, the previous Incredible Hulk movies or the Spider-Man films, I love them all because I like to live in the moment. This is what they've given me. Fine. If 
I don't like it. I'll, I'll go read moment. the comic book version. So we do live in a time where, unfortunately, because of social media, everyone can kind of voice their opinions. And that, video, that, that opinion might get shared or liked by enough people who also share that opinion. So it looks like it's this massive voice. But it's like, dude, no, you just... Just enjoy it or don't like it. It's okay to go on with it. I mean, exactly. I mean, um, fair play to the ones that do kick up so much of a fuss that a company is forced to make a decision. Um, especially with within the video gaming industry, I do support when video gamers voice their opinions about a specific game. Now, I know I've just said something to the contrary before, but I mean it in the sense of you buy a game, you find what's wrong with it. At that point, you don't cancel them, but you complain enough about the things that need to be fixed. Much like things like bugs. Like, let's just face it, game developers, obviously they will look for game-breaking bugs and such and such and such, but we also help them with that because we will all complain collectively about the same kind of thing where it needs to be fixed. You know, so... You, you may remember the time before when games couldn't be fixed. <laughs> you know, you couldn't get your download patch. You couldn't get your update. You had to, had to do a full recall of the game and resend out a new one. I mean... There was a, a game called 50 Cent Bulletproof. I'm still very pissed about 50 Cent Bulletproof. It had a game-breaking bug where you got to a point, you had to jump between two buildings... The game just won't. Like it was literally a, a bug that a lot of people reported, but I didn't know that it was a bug. I, I I just thought I was doing something wrong, you know. And as a kid who doesn't know much about bugs, I was like what twelve, thirteen, two thousand three, two thousand four, those times. You're not gonna know much. And when I found out that it was actually a bug, it made me appreciate today's era of being able to just be sent a patch and calling it a day. Like, I absolutely love now, anytime there's like a patch that needs to be done on a game, I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Let's do this because it, it, will, it will make my experience better. Um, I have a question for you. All right, let's throw it at me. What is the most fun or which game has given you the most fun in an, for an online experience? Also, we're talking about like an online video game. What game? Um, that's a good question, actually. What game gave me? So nowadays, uh, I'm, there's probably different phases of this, actually. So yeah. Um, so when I'm a, when I was like a teenager, I had a Dreamcast, and I had Fantasy Star Online, which is a massively multiplayer MMO, uh, where uh, me and a bunch of mates got together. We would just run around like a star base and go down to planets and work around as a team. And it was great. Loved it. Um, and I met a guy there called Dreamcast UK, who I was still in contact with today. Uh, we became pro gamers together back when we were teenagers. Um, and we formed a clan and a community, and we did loads of crazy stuff together. So yeah. when the Xbox came out, um, we had... So in the early days of Xbox Live, there was like Castle Wolfenstein, Unreal, and a bunch of racing games. And we, we would always be on those games together. We had a lot of comrades together. Um and, you know, forge those friendships and the friendships that I still have now. So that, that kind of kept me together. And 
that was a time when I would kind of like I would just play with my son. Like we, we got like Destiny together and we played that almost as a hobby for a good while. Um But I don't know, I think the most fun I had it's probably nowadays, but it's so sporadic. You know, I would play a game with my son, we might hook up on Fire Pro or whatever, or we'd play um like WE online. Um but it's, it's or when you have a connection with someone, you can banter together. Uh, how about yourself, man? I've only ever really gave one game a proper good go. In fact, two. The Division 2 is... I've, I've had quite a lot of fun on, on that because in order to progress and really have some fun, you, you, you do need to play with someone who, online. It's, it, it's mainly catered around... Well, it's a service game, isn't it? So... Yeah. Um, you can't really have too much fun outside the campaign without doing online. But the absolute best experience I've had is Grand Theft Auto V. Now, a lot of people hate GTA V for sole reason of oh, you know, Rockstar money grabbing and da 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 da, and everything is so expensive and such and such. But it's more of a case of if you play that game properly, it, it can be. A massive grind fest if you you know if, if you want all the the finer things in life in that game massive massive grind fest um this lockdown has been the best thing for my gta 5 career absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i went from bearing in mind is money is actually hard to come by unless you're spamming heists also you're just doing it repeatedly repeated the same thing over and over i went from having I'm gonna brag now. I went from having four million dollars to 120 nice. million. That is ridiculous. That is that is stupidly hard to get because you're constantly tempted to buy all of these flashy things that are stupidly expensive but will not really do much. But as far as your land experience goes, I've actually made some some real friends from that game. Like, you know, people that I'll talk to on Instagram or meet up with or just see how they're doing, you know, from, from England all the way to Australia. Um, that is awesome. awesome. That's, that's what gaming really does now, isn't it? It brings you together in different ways. I, I, do think, I, I do think we've missed out on a bit of what's called couch co-op. You know, when you get together with your brother, your sister, your mates, whatever, you'd sit on the sofa and you play a game. There's a lot less of those these days. Which is a bit unfortunate, but you can still find those experiences. Split screen gaming for me died a long time ago, and I don't understand why. Because that was some of the best shit growing up as a kid. Fucking golden. V- Halo. Like Halo. Um, th- there was this crappy game, but I loved it. It was on PS One. It was called V Rally. Yeah. Remember yeah, V Rally? Yeah, don't you? V Rally was terrible, but yet so good. V-Rally on split, split screen. Um, what else? What was it? it? It wasn't a Call of Duty. Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor on split screen. You, you know, yeah. I really miss those experiences. But I, I imagine it's harder to find games that are split screen now. Like, Can you name one off the top of your head? I can't. I think the only co-op game that comes to mind at the moment is Streets of Rage 4. You know? Of recent times, but but no, there's no split screen stuff anymore. I I, th- I think actually I think Halo still has it actually the new Halo Infinite. 
I think that's that's no business. I think so. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> of which, uh, you know, I suppose we've evolved with technology. But what about your siblings? <laughs> what about those kids that do have siblings and want to play? They have very, <laughs> yeah, there are very few options. Like, like, if I, you know, tomorrow decided, oh, I'm going to have two kids. Now I've got about two separate playstations. Yeah, but they just so they can get together using the same internet network. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mad, but it's. It's something I'm willing to go through because the future is so much better than where we used to be. Um, I'm glad that I live in, in this age. And I think that's what a lot of us older guys actually have is the fact that we have seen the other side of things where we have lived in the era where a lot of this wasn't there, technologically speaking. And now we are. We're able to appreciate it more. Whereas a lot of these kids, they're now used to Everything is just instant gratification yeah. from standard of living, that alone gaming. You know, if, if a kid right now wants a specific toy, all he's got to do is jump on Amazon and the damn thing will be will be here in the morning. Yeah. And as much as I, I, I appreciate it a lot, but I am 100% certain that it's going to give birth to a, a generation that is depressed. I think I think we're already there in regards to their social capability. And I, I've, I've spoken about this quite a few times on the podcast and with other people. I think we have a generation now. We are They are the children of the parents who couldn't tell their kids no. So, you know, you see, you see it in the supermarket, whatever, shut up, no, you can't have it. I'll oh, go on, shut up. Here, have it anyway. And the kid gets used to it. If I create a bit of a tantrum, if I stomp my feet a bit, when there's people around... I will always get what I want. And we've now seen them children now become adults. They've gone to college. They've gone to university. They've created this cancel culture where you can be like, well, I, I need to be this. I need to be identified as this. You give me that privilege, that permission, that um, ability to shut that language down, that change of that, because that's what... I'm going to stop my feet if I don't. I'm going to go create a, a Twitter wave against you, you know, if you don't agree with that. And like you said there, you know, you have their... Children are now being brought up <laughs> with Ooh. this, like you're saying there. You know, it'll create this whole wave of, and I think a lot of those people are depressed. I think a lot of those people are angry uh, because they've never perhaps been told no. Maybe. It, yeah, it's growing up with that instant gratification and being told or having this notion about them that they are special or that there is something special within them. And then, you know, they, they move on to higher education or finish higher education. And then they finish and then they realize it's also to do with the climate as well. But then they realize, OK, even with this this degree, they go back into society and they become just another number. Whereas they grew up being promised the world to them. And then they're exposed to the real world when all the smoke is cleared. And it feels so empty to them because they anticipated way too much than they were actually going to get in my head, um, in my head I, I, I kept hearing this one thing which is you are the second fifth and 15th winner and there's no losers anymore you're always the, you're always the 10th winner it's like fuck it, you, you 
you're a loser. You didn't win. It's fine. Just work harder yeah. next time. <laughs> which, which is which is madness. It's absolutely madness. And um, part of me is excited to see how it will pan out or what the future will be. Have you ever seen the film um, Demolition Man? Of course, yeah. Favorite film. One of my favorite films ever. Wesley Snipes literally um, he complained and said. The future, this world has become a pussy version of itself. It's what the worst. It really has become that way, hasn't it? <laughs> that that <laughs> Demolition Man movie, actually, that's pretty much how we've got it these days. Oh, in, in, entirely. And it's. There's no seashells, though. <laughs> oh, the, the, the three seashells, I'm still not too sure how they would be used. <laughs> I, I think they're kind of the standard of Japan, though, you know? Fucking like little like Darth Vader's toilet must have like loads of little special buttons to press, um, but no, I think we've got to. We're we're at that point, aren't we now? Where what is next? Um, how how will we progress as as a as people as a society? I I think the, the society is going to collide with itself first before it works out what it's going to do. And I, I I don't know what the fallout of that will be. Um, hopefully, it'll be for the better, but I. I don't hold much hope for humanity anymore, I don't think. I've become more of a pessimist, no. A realist. <laughs> I entirely agree, but... You know, at the same time, I've also realised that this... This pandemic has... It's changed the world forever, because one... Um, work-wise, it's shown my organisation that we can work remotely, um, because we were forced to. It shows that... We don't necessarily need to be in the presence of each other all the time to make the world go round. Whether or not that will actually impact people in the future, I don't know. But I now watch TV, like literally any random program, and I'll see people out in public in in any sort of series. And I'll be realising the whole time, why are there so many people close to each other? Like, I would never be completely comfortable again being in a cinema that is rammed with people. I, I, I don't see myself having the same level of comfort yeah, than I, I used what, to. I've got a story there. So, um, I, if I was going to go to the cinema, I would typically always book it. For like, if a movie came out on a Thursday or a Friday, I'd always book it on a Tuesday, middle of the day, when I know every fucker's at work, no one's going to be coming to the cinema, and I have the, often the whole place to myself. But I actually went to see, um, at, the, at, the, at the premiere locally, um, of one of the James Bond movies, Spice, uh, Skyfall. Uh, an IMAX screen. Yeah. I went to see the first, like, second screening of it. Place was fucking packed. I've never seen so many people in a room cramped together. And I can hear all these crisps behind me. Everyone's coughing all over the place. I go, I could never enjoy this movie. I'm cramped in. Fuck that. <laughs> 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 the, last, the last movie, um, but otherwise, throughout this, this whole time, because I, I only... I've already been going to the cinemas really for Marvel movies. I don't really go for any other movies because I, I would just, I'd much rather just watch that show on TV. But Marvel movies, I've always went. Um, I spent the majority of my time typically as a guy that watches a lot of comic book based shit without a girlfriend. So I spent a lot of my time single. I would literally have this routine where I wake up that Saturday morning. I'd always do it on a Saturday. Wake up that Saturday morning. Go to the gym at stupid o'clock, like 6, 7 a.m. Chill out, finish gym, and go and book that ticket for that movie I want to see. Because the, the entire cinema will be empty and I'll be on my own. 
Um, always. And that's definitely never going to change now uh, after this pandemic. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really sucks how much it has taken from us yeah. in terms of social social things. Like myself, I've only had, I've only been able to do since the first lockdown two separate wrestling shows. When I say wrestling shows, I mean literally sticks would gather a certain amount of people between a Friday and a Sunday, and we would do nothing but non-stop filming of wrestling matches. Yeah, and then he took that and basically. Released it. Uh, go, go check it out on um, YouTube. Just look up House of Pain Wrestling. Um, basically, releasing episodes that are like thirty to forty-five minutes long with two or three matches. Yeah. Every week up until a certain point, and then we would do the filming again. So we've only been able to do it twice this year. Um, first one was right before the first lockdown. Second one was when this lo- when this when the first lockdown ended, we filmed again so that would have enough material to last us till the end of December. It's a good way to do it. And that's, a, that's where I think a lot of wrestling companies, some of the bigger ones, have survived. I mean, that's something how Impact was doing it. They were recording like six episodes out. NWA was doing that. Um, it's incredible that, that AEW has still done a live show uh, with pre recorded segments that they drop into it. And obviously, WE has done, well, I don't know. I haven't watched the new product in quite a while, man. I've, got, I've still got a network pass. I ain't looked at it for for months. Their behaviour is shocking with, with regards to this whole COVID thing, though. Um, with how they've conducted things like tests and kept people safe, yeah. I've kept up with that part. Thank you, what culture? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're literally my wrestling news for for everything, really. Um, it it is quite good, but. One one thing I will do is I, I will 100% commend Sticks at House of Pain Wrestling because he has done absolutely everything to make sure we are safe, including making sure the ring is cleaned. As in, you know those um, those hoovers that work on steam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He uses one of the one of them for the ring after each match. Um, all the ropes get wiped down, like disinfected. And during those filming sessions, it wasn't, you know, 30 individuals packed in in the building. It's a pretty big like, facility, but we're all coming in in stages. As in, you guys have this slot. You'll be around for this certain amount of time. And even when you enter, um, first of all, you know, he was ensuring that you have been self-isolating and, and, and all of that. But even when you enter the building, your temperature's checked. Um, you're not allowed to use remotely the same clothing you came in. You know, he's taken every single... Yeah, that's good, man. ...precaution that he could. And I, I can only be thankful for that because, especially in a, in a contact sport, yeah. on the other end, you can't not live your dream but on the other end you can't put you and your family at risk and to 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 see someone care that much and make those 
things happen without you even thinking of the fundamentals of how that that worked and and how much stress that would put a put a person through and da, da, da. it's amazing and I'm I'm just generally grateful for it because it has also the pandemic I mean has also showed us how shitty people can be when 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 the chips are down people show you who they really are oh damn right damn right they will they will uh, they'll do anything to get themselves ahead they will take every shortcut they can they don't give a fuck there are more it's all about themselves it's kind of selfish in many ways and i think sometimes yeah. it's good to be selfish sometimes you have to take the bull by the horns and make a decision and do something but at the same time it's like just just yeah. stop being a dick <laughs> some people some people just they, they carry their dick everywhere as opposed to you know just put it away every so often i mean the attitude i've i've decided to take with this whole thing is there were so many different opinions out there, um, including, you know, I, I have had certain arguments with friends because on one end, I'm a student of science. On the other, based on history itself, I know that you just generally can't trust governments, no, but you can't trust science either. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to use a, specific example it's historical but it's there um and lucky enough it's not from our government but it's from a government that we are allies with america from america in the for it happened in a period of about 20 years in the 50s essentially took the disease syphilis they did yes and tested on loads of american women they did the, 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 it's called the uh, the Tusky experiment. Yes. Um, yeah, they put it in Native American women and they put it in the African American community, and and they just they were told, no, you, you have bad blood. That, that's essentially it, and and not treating it just to see how it it will go. Or what hell, uh, MK Ultra. <laughs> that's an <laughs> entirely different old... conversation that you and I could have. <laughs> um, but... So, uh, oddly enough, so one of the guys who was a experimenter of that, as in he was a scientist of that, I've actually got his book. Um, a guy called Armin Victorian. He was uh, I, I, I came I came across the guy randomly because I worked with him um, <laughs> by some oh. strange quirk. Um, I overlapped with his workplace. Uh, me and him worked at the same place together, uh, and he has a few interesting other topics. He was very much into remote viewing and uh, worked with the MI6's division of MKUltra. <laughs> so oh. yeah, so we, we will have a conversation about that at a different point. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, here's an example. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone will be knocking at my door at some point, but it's a very funny story I read on BBC News. You tell me if this sounds mad or not. You trust BBC News? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BBC News on, on the website because in the mornings when I'm bored at work, when I'm just trying to wake up, you know, sometimes you can't start your, you can't start straight away. You you just need something to wake up. Yeah, I and I'm sorry, I I don't care what time I clock in, I'll wake up first and then I'll get started. Um, some dude who worked for an IT department for MI6 dies in his house 
and they find him in a body bag in the tub, the bathtub. So he, he was a... No one broke in. No other evidence of anything. And his death is mysterious. Like, all autopsy showed nothing. We could go down this line. Just say, do you remember... Um, was it David... David Duke, I think his name was? No, I could be wrong. So he was, like, the environmental minister, or rather... Um, and he, he basically was going to give a presentation at Parliament that basically... Yeah. De- Parliament was going in this whole line of about, not necessarily climate change, but the climate environment. So he was going to present a uh, a paper, a white paper, and basically say that what the government's policy was was bollocks. Um, the next day, he, he was turned up having committed suicide, but he was shot in the back of the head and somehow had his wrist tied to his to his, uh, his chair. <laughs> but his death was listed as a suicide, and you're going, mm. <laughs> What was what his you... name? Because that same story I'm telling you about, uh, about what? About a couple of weeks later, the same story pops up again on BBC News, and they say it has been ruled as a suicide. So he 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 locked the house, put himself in a body bag, killed himself, and zipped it up in the duck bathtub. Like, um, sure <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. I was like, okay, I'm 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 not going to question that. I th- the thing I'm, is, I think government, unfortunately, is made up by administration teams who obviously interchangeable between the parties but the people who actually work at those particular offices don't change you know the admin team whether it be conservatives or liberals or labor or whatever they would change every four years based on them but the people who are actually doing the work doing the office stuff don't change and those people who are in in command in military and the services and the civil service and all the different governmental departments wouldn't change so they perhaps already have their own ways of doing things. They they are perhaps doing stuff they don't need to tell their MPs. They don't need to tell their government. Just it's 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 often too complicated for a guy who might be out of office in three years' time. But here you are planning like, I don't know uh, nuclear materials thirty five years down the line. You have to secure contracts and deals with businesses and companies ten years, fifteen years out. That this company's this government is going to be in and out. So you generally don't talk to them. And I think that's what happens. You know you. They're planning for long term, but you've got an admin team who comes in for four years, has grand ideas, and doesn't can't fulfil them because they're too much red tape. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's mad. <laughs> there is, there is, there's certainly there's I think there's 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 hands behind the street the scenes, isn't there, that are making things happen for the to the, for their own purposes. But the way I've just I've ended up looking at the whole thing, um, even with with this global pandemic thing, is. I don't even care anymore what 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 what's going on or what people think or anything like that. All I know is, if I keep myself and my family safe, that is all I can do. I, I can only control the things that I can control. Anything else, I can't control people's thoughts, ideas, behaviors, or even just basic human decency, which doesn't which doesn't show for some people anymore. No, it's, it's gone out the window for some people. Yeah, I, I look at it in the sense that, okay, if you don't believe a lot about what's going on with the pandemic in terms of you know, having to wear a mask and such and such and such and such, I'll respect you and your opinion, and I won't even bother arguing with you and, and, and telling you otherwise because 
as a human being, you, you'd be stupid not to not to question something that you are just told. You know, yeah. I, I, we, we all do it, and if if you don't do it, whoever you are out there, you you should probably start. You should always question anything that is question presented more. to you. Question more, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, if you can't at least respect people's position on something that's when i start to have a problem yeah with it so if people don't believe in social distancing if you see me with a mask on that is not an invitation for you to come over to me and start breathing just because you don't believe yeah, yeah. you don't believe i get you mean, yeah. can still be friends and, and 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 talk about whatever we need to talk about we just don't need to go back and forth because that's when it stops being an instruction or a, a government guideline and starts being something more to do with social control. respect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, your relationship with that person and um, the measure of respect you, you, you have for them. You know, um, and that, I think that's where a lot of us out here have, are falling short is yeah, sure. we're not maintaining the same respect. Even the generation in general, we... We we tend to lose a lot of respect or treating a person with a bit of decency and respect as soon as they say something that we don't agree with. Yeah. It's a free-for-all. Insults start being hurled around. Or it, and I'm not going to lie, that's what I go to comment for. Like, you know, when you, when you, when you see a threat, <laughs> I always go to the comments because I, I just want to see the level of how something will go like how someone will be roasted whether it's for <laughs> their opinion or if it's not their opinion it's always click on their profile picture look at how they look and go back to the comments and roast them for the way they look it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an unending cycle of just being toxic and I find it hilarious it, 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 it's you know the recipients of of the obviously are not going to find it hilarious and you do have to be kind because you never know what other people are going through yeah, yeah but there is a massive majority of them where i go through and i'm like okay this is just gold just just the comments alone it's just gold <laughs> uh and I, I i do appreciate it although it's very very disrespectful you are free at the end of the day to say what you want but what they don't understand is you are free to say and do what you want, but you are never going to be free from the consequence. Like a person can walk, nice. walk up and say any sort of racial slur and yeah, it'll be great for them. But will I whoop your ass? Am I going to whoop your ass though? I probably will. You know, well, yeah, there's, a, there's a consequence that comes with what you say. Yeah. And like, I think sometimes it, it, free speech, what we're talking about there is like it either has to all be okay or none of it, none of it's okay. So, exactly. You have. Uh, there we are. <laughs> but I was kind of. I was, I was looking at that clock timer down there and I'm going, well, we've been talking for quite a while. Um, sometimes the topic. Oh, no. Sometimes the topic can get a bit dark. Um, I was wondering if we could. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we could lighten the flavour of it. And uh, obviously, I know that you're, fa you're a fan of gaming, and we obviously touched on that quite a bit earlier. Uh, and obviously, both of us are wrestling fans. Both of us are gaming fans. So. 
obviously you've, you've already answered the question about what's your first wrestling game okay what's your favorite wrestling game my favorite wrestling game yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so it, let's skip this it's, it's different so favorite wrestling game of all time a lot of people usually say it's it, it's smackdown here comes the pain right man mercy for me <laughs> or, that's it you see um <laughs> I'd say for everything just being well-rounded, for me, it was SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. Okay. Because it, it, it won. I think the reason why I liked it so much is SmackDown Just Bring It was literally the first wrestling game on PS2. It, it was rushed. It had a three-story campaign. Uh, the graphics were just just, just shocking, even for, for their time. Because you know, you know how there's always... Anytime a game's released, they will have CGI trailers. Yeah. So the CGI trailer and intro was the absolute business. You know, it was the shit. It, it, it looked amazing. And then the actual gameplay came, and it was just whack. It was just oh, it was terrible. Good. That was, that was so, WWF Raw. <laughs> for the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. That, that fucking amazing. But played like dog shit. <laughs> yeah. But shut your mouth. Um, for me, was amazing because it it was perfect. It was a perfect successor for just bring it. Um, you know, you had a, a, a story mode, a season mode that lasted two years uh, with so much option. During the season mode, you were literally walking around backstage and creating. It, it, it was some of the ultimate freedom. It was the first game to. I seem to recall is is. Shut your mouth. The first game what featured the roster split. Yes, it, it featured the brand split, and at the, the the very first thing that happens when you enter season mode, you enter the the real life version of Ric Flair picking. Yes, that's right. For, yeah, for, yeah. Vince picking for SmackDown, and I was always the Rock, so Vince would always pick me first. So I'd always start on SmackDown for no reason. <laughs> and it was the NWO was back in that game. Yeah, um, yeah. But for some reason, instead of having Scott Hall because he was having issues. alcohol issues, they had, they had as yeah. the third guy. Um, but it, it was it was so amazing. Even, it's still the greatest backstage of of all time. You, you know, you could literally go anywhere to a point where there was a helicopter. You could grab onto a ladder that was hanging yeah. off a helicopter. And do madness. You could be Jeff Hardy and jump off the the old school SmackDown fist and do a Swanton bomb. It, right. it was just mind blowing to me. Um, and then shut your mouth. Well, here comes the pain. Followed. Really, the only thing that added mainly to that was the Elimination Chamber match, and for the first time since WWF Warzone, they had blood. Um, so blood made made a return, but I definitely feel Spartan Shut Your Mouth was a lot more superior in terms of arcade and gameplay. But they they fine tuned it with Here Comes the Pain. But... I'm trying to think also, isn't the Shut Your Mouth is that the first game what had like Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam come in? Um, no, that was that, that was Shut Your Mouth. Shut Your Mouth had no, no Shut Your Mouth. Didn't have Rey Mysterio, but it had his entrance uh, and his move set, right. much like SmackDown Two. But yeah. 
it did have Rey Mysterio did show up for the first time in and here comes the pain. RVD was already in the previous game, um, and it had someone like <laughs> Ultimo Dragon, who oh, Ultimo. I've never seen him again since then. Yeah, he, he was on SmackDown for like six months or something, and then disappeared again. <laughs> yeah, of which that's still I've, I've realised. WWE sometimes just don't know what to do with these foreign superstars. Well, I, th- I think that time they were still going through the. Well, if he's a foreign superstar, we've got to put him as a stereotype because this is our audience. And I hated that. I really did, but it's... I did. Now it's so much better, though, especially with NXT. NXT is my favourite programme to watch in WWE. And then you have SmackDown because Roman Reigns is, is, is my everything right now. He's my man crush. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, favorite video games. So, SmackDown, shut your mouth. Um, and then, followed by SmackDown versus Raw 2008. Really? Now that, I never thought you were going to say 2008. 2008. And it, the reason for that is, is because the story mode could just keep going forever. Like, it was, it was a never-ending season mode. Uh, it was much like universe mode, but with cutscenes. Yeah. And y- your your main objective wasn't to win the title or whatever, but it was to reach the Hall of Fame and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So you would literally play three or four years to fill that meat of Hall of Fame, and after that, it's just rinse and repeat. I like I liked it for the gameplay and its ability to import your own songs as entrance music. Because they had to take that feature off in the following games. Um, in fact, they only took it off on didn't WWE come... 13. I was going to say, That's didn't, when it came didn't, off. didn't it come back in for like 17? But only on Xbox? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can still add your own themes on Xbox. Because and, and, uh, Xbox, excuse my language, it may sound like blasphemy, but an, an Xbox is essentially a computer. What um, I mean, I think it's, I'm pretty sure that was, that was because like Raw and Raw Two had the ability to use their own music, didn't it? Back in the day on the up classic, uh, the bone. Mm. Um, yeah, because you're right. Uh, it's 08, and I'm pretty sure. I'm sure the 360 only had. I'm gonna have to go check now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I loved it for that exact reason. But in in the modern day, if I had to pick any that I'm. Now, any wrestling game that I'm spending all my time on. Fire Pro. 2K19, um, just for... Because I've, I've always been a creator. Yeah. Or, or, on those games, I spend hours and hours of on end creating my wrestler, creating his character, creating his moveset, just everything down to the T. So it's also what I feel helped me in terms of creating my character for wrestling. It's like a lot of people that debuted at the same time as me. Um, there was one guy called Brad Matthews. Shout out to him. Uh, he's like he's like the Triple H to my rock. Me and him are always saying that. Um, we're destined to literally fight forever. But he was the only other person with a character that seems complete or realized. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. 
because when when a lot of people first start out, they go through mad stages of just of just looking incomplete because they're they're still trying to find their oomph. Me and him were the first complete characters from our class of debuting, okay. uh, and I credit that to creativity in, in wrestling games. Oh, so on that, on that very note, then just a, a bit of a side segue. There, have you seen like the success of Gabriel Kidd? He's having a huge success in New Japan. I'm so happy for Gabriel Kidd. Absolutely. Um, literally, seeing him and his success, and seeing Joseph—I I saw Joseph Connors on. Um, remember the UK tournament? Yeah, yeah. On that tournament, I was—I was just about to go back into wrestling, and seeing him on there was one of the things that also inspired me because I can't sit here and say oh I've, I've always watched the the British wrestling scene no I haven't the only thing I've ever known wrestling wise is WCW WWF and a little bit of ECW just based on the, the stuff that I actually now go back and watch on the network I couldn't tell you dick about Revolution Pro Wrestling or Progress or whatever. I couldn't tell you anything about the the, um, the independent you know, wrestling scene. I, I only know what I know through my experiences now yeah. as an as independent wrestler. So a lot of these people I didn't know before. So I would have someone like Sticks explain something to me and go, do you know such and such? And I'd be, I'd be I'd sit there very embarrassed like no, I don't, even though this person is probably very well known across the country and such and such. Because I, I just never paid attention to it up until I, I have arrived. Gotcha. No? Um, which sucks on its own because I feel like I've I've lost out on so much. Like I started watching TNA during the um, Aces and Nates days. Yeah. Uh, or, or right before they started when when, when BM Money Incorporated was a thing. That's when I started watching TNA. Uh, and obviously that's over 10 years ago now, or whatnot. It's scary, isn't it? Impact is just... I guess they've, they they hit a real low point and then have not really got their stride again. But I guess in the last two years, they actually have. You know, they're, they're, they're gaining an audience back again um, and they're having to build from scratch. You know. And, do you know what? I, I, I credit that to... I feel like the fans' attitudes have changed towards wrestling as well. Like, the way I now look at wrestling is a lot of people on the internet will be like, yeah, but what do you like, this or that? I'm like, actually, I'm not going to choose. S- same same thing as what do you prefer, DC or Marvel? Uh, motherfucker, I like them both. I like them both. And no one says I can't enjoy both. Why can't I enjoy both? You know, it, it's, it's variety. Um... At the same time, yeah, I can acknowledge that <laughs> certain movies were not as as great as people would expect them to be. Um, but something like Justice League, I enjoyed that film for what it was because I went I went in there with no particular expectations. It was just meh. But because the, the I, I did complain about it not being that great. But I enjoyed it, and that was merely because I have been watching all the cartoon movies prior to this. Like, anytime an animated 
Hey, the animation stuff is fucking top notch. <laughs> That's it. It, it. It's Marvel are amazing at live action. DC have perfected animated Absolutely. movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you seen the latest one, the um, Apocalypse War? No, I haven't seen that one. No. I... Okay. Um, I highly recommend it. Even though Dark Side came before Thanos, because Thanos is, is is a is a ripoff of Dark Side. Yeah, <laughs> you know he is. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I always thought, okay, no, Thanos does this shit way better than Dark Side. Up until I watched Apocalypse War, it will leave you traumatized. No, no, no. You you, you don't understand. I'm I'm very serious about this. Dark side left me feeling a certain way that I didn't think I'd feel. Right. You know that 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 snap moment from Thanos, where everyone thought Thanos was going to win and he, he was going to lose in Infinity War. Like they didn't think he would actually be able to do it. Um, well, that's for those people that don't really pay attention to the comic, the, the casual MCU fans. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way, you know. There's no way the bad guy can can win. Yeah. And then he snaps his fingers and kills absolutely everybody. And I can still remember, I get goosebumps thinking about it now, I can still remember the the feeling that, that, that came over me when I was seeing people get turned into dust. I was like, oh, yes, you won. You did it. I, I was... I was celebrating. I was, I, I, was, I, was, I was disappointed they didn't introduce why he did that. Mm, in, oh, the, in, the, in the character, of course, he's trying to fall in love with Death. Um, yeah. Who actually is in the Thor Ragnarok movie. And you're going... Hella. Yeah. And you're thinking, come on, it's right there. You know, he, he falls in love with it. He wants to kill half of the life in the universe to prove he has enough love for her. And that's just... Come on, that then actors were in the same rooms at the same time. You could have fucking shot that, but hey. I mean, the, the thing is with that, they can always retcon it in in the. Um, I can see space for retconning that in the Eternals movie. Yeah. Because I have seen and read rumors that the Eternals or that that that, that specific trilogy may feature a very very younger Thanos before, because a lot of people don't realize that. Thanos, when he was growing up as a, as a kid, he was a pacifist. Um, and I'm praying that at some point I might see pacifist Thanos before before everything went dark and he had to kill half of Titan or he had, he had to watch Titan I die. For or me, whatever. I, I saw that Infinity Wars storyline in like 1997 while playing mm. Marvel Superheroes the game. And even at that time, it was a 1970s comic book. And I'm going... Okay, <laughs> so it never really touched me. And of course, this is what they had to do now, and I'm going. So there's 50 years of comic books here that still needs to be explored. <laughs> yeah, mate, most entirely. So with with how high I'd set Thanos on the bar, I was like, no way he can ever be outdone by any idea of Dark Side like this. And then I watched the animated movie. Movie. All right, dude. Um, you have convinced me to buy this tonight, by the way. Huh? You have convinced me to buy this tonight, by the way. Oh, mate! It, it, it... How many of those movies have you seen? I think, I've seen quite a few. The, the... In all fairness, I probably haven't seen the last two or three. 
I'm not the any reason that I haven't picked him up. I just haven't got around to watching them. So I think, okay. I think I saw like um, I saw the last Aquaman movie, the last Wonder Woman one, um, and I saw uh, Batman and Robin's one with Harley Quinn where she gets to ride Robin. That's pretty good. I was <laughs> like Harley Quinn. Your solution to this problem is Harley Quinn. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah I, I remember watching that. No, I, I was um, more talking about the the animated universe based on the new Fifty Two. So the, the same no, line where I they had Batman and uh, Batman and Son, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, that, that, that line. No, I haven't seen many of those. No, should should I watch like, them first? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, because they they are all entirely um, relating to. Justice League Apocalypse War. It's like those same characters. So it's basically the Batman that's voiced by Jason Amara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of those films, I, I love them. I've, I've at least seen all of them twice, just for for the things that you you won't catch the first time around because you you're so busy enjoying the whole thing. But generally, I mean, you don't necessarily have to watch them all before you watch. Apocalypse War, but it would help. Like, it, 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 you don't require a catch-up to know what's going on. Right, okay. But it would definitely help. So, for your viewing pleasure, I'd recommend you do it, but the way Darkseid came hard at them was traumatised. Alright, so that that's convincing. Okay, so I'm going to go for that. I'm actually going to buy that tonight, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the Injustice movies? I mean, Injustice games. I I actually have them purely for the story. Same. Uh, Same. I didn't quite like the combat system, although it was functional, it was nice. Uh, but actually, I, I turned the difficulty down just so I could enjoy the story. Because uh, that's, that's so good. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a nice passion for like um, Justice League Dark. You know, I, I like uh, I like Constantine. Swamp Thing, I quite like. Um, so I like following that story, uh, what they're going on with. So um, to see them in that was uh, was quite nice <laughs> in Injustice too. It was it was very nice. I mean, um, the first Injustice just essentially taught me that Superman is a dick. And <laughs> anytime <laughs> something goes wrong with Superman, it, 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 you're not going to have a good time. Um, I absolutely love those games, and they actually convinced me to start playing Mortal Kombat. So before the first Injustice, I had never touched a single Mortal Kombat game. I was always a Tekken guy, yeah. um, and of which I would also like to commend Tekken because their new game, the way the story mode is set out, it's structured in a Mortal Kombat sort of way, which. I really enjoyed and appreciated. Like I, it was the first time I was like, "Yes, now I won't have to just play through ten matches to get a a, a forty five second cutscene, and then me have to connect the dots myself by playing every character in that same fashion." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sticking With... back on the game, man, I think we ought to kick back to that wrestling games conversation. So that, I think we started off with what was the what was the favorite wrestling game. Um, <laughs> and you were going to tell me what is your current game now that we got sidelined. <laughs> ah, yes. WWE 2K19. I mean, 2K20 is literally yeah. the first wrestling game I 
what first annual wrestling game I didn't buy since ever. Actually, no, it's not the first. It is the second. The second other game that I didn't buy wrestling-wise because of its absolutely horrible reviews, of which I'm not a person that, that reads reviews. I, I do not care about reviews because I've always had this thing about me where I'm like, I cannot let someone else's opinion dictate my decision. I have to see for myself because what other people hate, I might just love, you know? So, hey, uh, 2K15 and 2K20, I did not buy them. Because, well, 15 was the first wrestling game on the PS4. And it did not do well. It had a lot of things missing, which they immediately fixed on the games to follow. And then 2K20, of course... That got took over by different people halfway through. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Dukes went, well, I'm going to take all our assets as well. Fuck you, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> of which, it, 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 it's got me worried for the next game. I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, if they've taken two years to, to put a wrestling game together, fine, it will probably be great, but I've just spent the last decade using a specific button set like a specific way of playing I'm not ready to start changing the way that game is played uh, I'm I'm not because there's this one called Battlegrounds yeah I, I gave it a go it, it plays Battle... like a freemium game yeah Battlegrounds feels like the spiritual successor to WWE All-Stars yeah. and All-Stars was no one asked for that game no one sat there and think you know what we need another arcade beat him up no one asked for that game but when we got it my god were we thankful yeah because yeah, it's fun. so fun like i still recommend all stars to people to this day because it, it's just out of anything it's fun and it has a story mode that's really pop worthy yeah like you, you will pop at some of the things that i've like one of my favorite moments about it was you get this promo with paul bearer doing the oh and then you have a um, an Undertaker in his in his classic attire with the purple gloves and, and and the lack of sleeves, which look like they've been physically ripped off. He's in the background chiseling a coffin, <laughs> and of course it looks great because the 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 way the game is designed, everyone bears an over exaggerated uh, resemblance of their real life counterpart. So it was. Yeah, I the phone. It was just so cool. So I am, uh, I am looking forward to Retromania. Disappointedly, it's taken almost an extra year to come out. Uh, but that's the successor to uh, WrestleFest, an official sequel. And it's got like um, NWA's officially in there. There's like Nick Aldis. There's all the guys from NWA. There's Legion of Doom are in there. Uh, and that's, I think it's out February. And there's like Warhorse, um, Cody Rhodes is in there. It's a whole bunch of independent guys, unsigned guys. What what platform is it coming out on? Everything. Oh, nice, because I know there's a uh, an AEW game coming out as well, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I know. <laughs> plays, fucking pocket, <laughs> plays fucking pockets and a guy with no legs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will give that I'll, I'll AEW game a go. I'll give it a go in the same respect that I gave do you remember Legends of Wrestling? I do. Legends of Wrestling was a bit clunky, 
but when I was a kid, because there used to be the store called Another World. Yeah, I used to be in there Not... quite often as a kid. Yeah. Um, shout out to Another World. They, they, they had things that we probably shouldn't have had access to as as kids. Okay. Um, <laughs> they had a few shady DVDs in there. Um, but I'm also thinking of another video store at the West End Arcade that was downstairs. Do you yeah, remember that one? I know you mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. That was the but, one. I remember that. Yeah, I, I used to. I used to go to another world all the time, where I, I would basically be trading certain games and trading it in for a wrestling game instead. Yeah. Um, what one of the best investments I ever did was I traded in WWF Attitude. Because I thought, I may as well just buy it and play it, seeing as how it looked okay. Bearing in mind, I've played SmackDown too, so it really, really was not okay. It was terrible when you... I massively downgraded and I regretted it. So I took um, WF Warzone, and I, I think I put like a a tenner on top, and I went and bought Legends of Wrestling. So I, I bought it from Game Station, which is now just Game. Yeah. Uh, Square and just took it up the road to another world and bought Legends of Wrestling. Um, and I find I had quite a bit of fun because one of the features that it had in there, it had the the touring the the circuit system where you're you're going to different cities and actually show you the map yeah, yeah. of where you're on and where you're wrestling. Um, and it had this, it had Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart always cheering you on. And basically, the best thing about that game wasn't the Legends. No, it wasn't. Because half of the people you view as Legends were, were just not there. And I was pissed. Because I was sat there like, I know he's still an active wrestler, but where is The Rock and Steve Austin? Where is Undertaker? Where is my big boss man? I didn't, who, um, who, who was in that game? Because it wasn't like the first one to have like Big Daddy and stuff. It had like... Jimmy Snooker was in there. Rob Van Dam was in the first one. Uh, that was it. I, I used him the most, really, on that game. Um, but its best feature was the fact that if you cut a person, they bleed, right? They were able to bleed all over the ring and leave stains all over the ring. Those stains would disappear over time. But, you know, seeing the amount of carnage you've caused and watching the blood stay there for at least five minutes. And that was so cool. And it's still not being done in the modern era. And I'm like, guys, I know you're probably a traded company and everything is PG, but not in my video games. Yeah. I want all the... So, dude, wait, wait, we can start talking about wrestling video game history. So when do you think like blood disappeared from games? Because like, I definitely know that No Mercy had blood but they then released another version without blood. Um, I can certainly remember like the ECW crossover game with, which I think was two thousand eighteen, two thousand eight. That had blood in it, but then mm-hmm. I, th- I think maybe what till about two thousand fourteen, maybe. So they, they had blood in the two K games and they disappeared again. Um, they had it. It never disappeared from the two K games, but it it just. Got less like it, it. It took a lot more to get that. They basically lowered the goal a little, yeah, and it was no it longer. I'm assuming it's a ratings thing for its um, audience because I guess wrestling 
it, despite the fact that it's got a nine o'clock uh, watershed on it, is generally aimed at kids. Bizarre. Yeah, but I really don't believe wrestling games should be should have that that much level of censorship. Like, if you wanted to appeal to to everyone, I mean, kids are still going to buy your game. Okay. But is is anyone who's sixteen to uh, to twenty five or twenty five to thirty five? They also still want to buy your game, but you need to give us what we want. But that's just my entitlement speaking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're entitled, dude. You're entitled. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I don't ask for much. I, I just ask for good DLC. Like wrestling games are still probably the only few, one of the only few games I actually buy DLC. Like, I'll always buy it with the season pack because I do spend all my time booking matches and creating storylines and setting certain things up because I'm, I'm I'm recreating the things I love most about wrestling and it, it's the stories. Yes, the matches are fun, but getting there, the journey, it's all about the journey as opposed to the destination of wrestling. All right, tell me, tell, me, tell me this right, okay? So when we were kids, when we were teenagers, I know full well the first game mode that we generally chose was TLC, right? Everyone jumps in, but I, maybe in the last maybe four or five years, I actually still like a singles match. I'm, Do you know why? I, I think I like the psychology of making the single match work. You know, perhaps it's distracting the referee, getting a chair or whatever, and putting it back under the <laughs> ring. Um, there's, there's a cheekiness to doing things, like, but the game rules allow you to play with. Because um, I don't always want a chair, like I don't want a furniture match most times. I, I want a wrestling match. I want a story to evolve in the ring. I want to play Fire Pro the way that the the, the the system works. It doesn't allow you to do your big move straight away, stuff and finish it straight away. Although sometimes it does. Build. Build. Yeah. Build. The more damage you do, the the bigger moves you can do. Like, yeah. it makes you earn that. Yeah. That still exists in, um, in the 2K games, but it, it, it it's mainly more focused on the, the actual campaign mode. Yeah. But in your... Universe mode, which is a self-made campaign, really, like where you—it's yeah, yeah. a sandbox. That's not how the matches play out, but I enjoy the exact same thing. I think, really, the reason why I no longer enjoy over-the-top matches as well in the modern day, in terms of video games, like I will have one or two TLC matches or one Head in a Cell match in a day or or whatever. It's because it's less arcadey and and more of a simulation. So doing the things that you used to enjoy back in those other games is proven to be a lot more difficult. You're having to to actually wear out your opponent. By the time you've you've worn out your opponent, a part of you is ready for the match to be over. You're ready to finish him off. But you know if you if you're really into it, you have to start dragging him out. First of all. It's not SmackDown 2, where you can just run side of, of of the cell, press square to dodge, and jump out of the head of the cell to be able to go back up. You have to use a finisher slot to even get your guy out of that head of the cell. And then the climbing is a mission on its own. And then when you get up top, your moveset becomes limited, much like when you go outside. Like They literally take away a lot of your offense to make... You know, it, there was too much that's gone into it where they've made it 
they try to go on too realistic to where it takes away some of the fun out of it and having a an over-the-top match because let's not forget video games generally are, are a, a form of escapism um to me they are life really think you know gaming is life but it is a form of escapism. I, I don't always want it's that much realness. Well, I mean, we, we, we could we could tap into. Um, do you think the next wrestling game is going to feature matches like the War Games match, the double ring, and so on? I can only salivate and pray that that kind of thing happens. And you know what? We do deserve it because War Games has existed Since forever. Eighty-five. <laughs> From WCW, so they, they introduced the, well, the, right, reason, the concept. <laughs> How many War Games matches have there been now? Four. Well, well, the War Games have been around since 85. I was just yeah, listening to Jim Cornette this week about it. So. Yeah, I mean, in recent memory in WWE, they brought it back four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, and you're telling me you still can't get one thing into the game? Hell, they even have action figures for it now. They literally have... A, t- a double ring with a double cage of action figures. Ooh. I prayed for those action figures when I was a kid. Uh, I really did. Um, of which, well, <laughs> I still collect action figures. It's just I no longer do wrestling ones. Uh, I just collect superhero shit because, well, why not? Yeah, why not? You know? Why not? So, is there any kind of matches that you kind of know that exist that we don't have in games these days? I don't, I don't think we have a strap match yet, and we haven't had that. I quit matches, literally, the last time it appeared in a game was WWE 13, and it wasn't even a properly functional match. It was in the story mode to do with The Rock and Mankind. Okay, yeah, the beating of the head and hands behind his back one, yeah. Um, yeah. Which that's my favorite I quit match of all time, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> he killed him, absolutely killed him. Um, I quit match, Bear alive. alive, yeah, hasn't seen since 2009, I think. Oh, there's been the casket matches at some point, they've been in there. Um, mate, casket match, casket, yeah, casket match still hasn't been there since 2009 either, 2008, 2009. Haven't seen that there. Um, a properly functional and fully explorable backstage area, not just a tidy little mini map. That's the same. I mean, something with as much detail as SmackDown. Shut your mouth! Or here comes the pain. Where if you take, in fact, you know the template for the backstage area on here comes the pain and shut your mouth. Yeah. More shut your mouth than anything. They got that template all the way back from SmackDown 2. Oh, really? Yeah, the basic design of how it is stayed essentially the same. Um, But it still made it look different. But you you knew, if I want to go to the parking lot, I'm probably going to want to head towards that direction because on SmackDown 2, it was that direction. You know, much like... But... We need to bring back proper backstage areas where if you fight on season mode, which is one of the things I enjoyed most about SmackDown, um, shut your mouth, is you can fight a guy in May and take him to New York Times Square and fight. You know, everything's normal. You t- you take that same fight 
during the month of January, there is snow. Interesting. I don't realize that, actually. No, you're right. I think you did do that. And now you're literally picking up snowballs and throwing them the same way you use weapons on the game. (laughs) Just, Just little things like that, or even the tiniest little detail, like Jeff Hardy being able to climb any damn thing that he wants and, and, and jumping off it. Like, I can now... The fist and the, you usually have to climb it to the top of the screen or on the bottom of the screen. You can jump off that and stuff. The King of the Ring stage. Remember that with the giant yeah. stone? You were able to climb that you and were. do things off that. That was madness. Like, you be... It was Big Evil Undertaker and you were able to just... Because for some reason, he had... A choke slam that was a finisher and a choke slam that was a basic move in that game, and you're able to literally just grab them in a basic move choke slam and choke slam them straight off like that that yeah. stupid hat. And then now I put on 2K19 to go on a on a semi truck and do a dive. Yeah, takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. It does just. First of all, making sure the guy's damaged enough to stay down long enough for you to climb up there and jump yeah, off. Yeah, so. Very slowly. I was, um, I, I do like, I, I did do, rather, um, a wrestling podcast with my, my friend Kevin. We're a long-time wrestling fans and gamers. It was called uh, Wrestle DX Plus Alpha because we're both fighting game fans. They so had that DX Plus Alpha kind of thing thrown in there. So we, we were doing the generally, like, we would cover, like, the wrestling pay-per-view that we'd talk about games and we did some documentary stuff. Um, we haven't done any for a while, but we were, we were trying to cover you know a lot of the other topics that say like, um, how many games has like say Kane appeared in, how many games has like Big Show appeared in, or something. It's a various stuff, um, yeah. and we were playing like um, Day of Reckoning on the GameCube. Oh. <sighs> uh, so we we did a we did a play session there, and then there was this whole like Streets of Rage style mode where you can literally you're free to walk oh. around like an oil rig or like a garage or whatever. And there's these jobbers who'd come out in boiler suits or whatever, and you had your full repertoire of moves to do to them, you could throw them. Um, but yeah, you see, you had your full moveset, you know, you could slap finishers on them and stuff, and then you had to had to clear the stage and do a boss fight. And then basically, well, the boss fight would generally be a wrestler who'd come out and fight you, whatever. Um, but I think, this hasn't been in a game since. <laughs> exactly. Also, Sadman, do you know where they took that idea from? No, no, it wasn't. Tekken 3. Oh, Tekken Force? What? Uh, yeah, like, do you, you do remember that mode with chicken? The second force, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that mode. That's where they took it from. Um, that, well, I've, got, I've, got one of the, I've got one of those really rare things called Tekken 3 on the Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, sides. No, again, to throw some appreciation, because we've been appreciating a lot of wrestling. I would like to, to give a shout out to Def Jam Vendetta and Fire from New York. Yeah. Oh, Fire oh, from New York, I don't know, I don't like so much, but Def Jam Vendetta, fuck yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, fight, fight, do you know what? Fire from New York was. They definitely took a lot of the wrestling out of it. They kept a lot of the moves that you performed, but yeah, yeah, that's right. it took a lot more of a fighting game. Yeah, it, 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 took, it took the ring away. Um, it took the ring away, but then you had like, the characters generally. It had a bit more. Do you ever play, play a game called Pit Fighter? It was generally like a, it was like a, a fighting ring. It was very like underground, urban fighting. Um, yeah, there was there was generally I think you, the characters who you could play with at the time, the earlier 
portion of the, the campaign, there was generally a kickboxer guy, there was more of a wrestler guy, there was uh, Muay Thai, there was a kind of uh, submissions guy. Um, but you know, I think they lost the fact they didn't have a ring. It's like, what is this? But no, I did buy yeah. it, and I was playing it not too long ago. <laughs> In fact, there's only, there's only one venue that has an actual ring, and I don't know why, but... Def Jam Vendetta was it was amazing because it was PlayStation Two era. It was amazing for its time. Hell yeah! It's like wait, my favorite rappers on a video game, even though they're not my favorite rappers, but they're rappers I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it Scarface it, 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 and DMX. <laughs> yeah, DMX had this line. Um, it was in fact it was two people: DMX and Redman. DMX had this line in the game where. He was he was very difficult to beat anyway. He, he was so annoying. I, I, I couldn't stand him. Every time he beats he would just look at you and say, Stop acting like a bitch, dog. <laughs> um Absolutely hated it. It, it. it it to me it's literally on par with um all you had to do was follow the damn train, CJ. <laughs> oh. Yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. It's like <laughs> <laughs> again. Um, Redman had one where it, it would absolutely kill me every time. If it was before a match, where he would look at you and say, "I'm gonna take your tongue out and lick my ass with it," <laughs> that always killed me off. Oh, I knew Vendetta. I actually always played as Briggs because he had that jumping vertebraker that looked cool as fuck. <laughs> one person that used to spam the pedigree in the game is Fat Joe. You have a cage match with Fat Joe on Fight for New York, and he spammed a pedigree, and it will just take your entire life away. It was the equivalent of the Paul Phoenix power punch, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> punch. Yeah. Oh, does this still do that in modern games? Yep. <laughs> back back two punches. I know Tekken Seven really well. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I installed Tekken Seven. I played it, enjoyed the the story, and then. Um, because I've got, I've got a stepdaughter. She's three, right? All right. Um, so her dad comes over. I, I, I've got, I've been blessed in life enough to actually have a relationship with her dad. That we're friends. Oh, like okay. he's, he used to be a wrestler as well. Okay. Uh, and he's 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 a streamer. Um, goes by the name of Molly Benjamin. Don't know him yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've I've actually been lucky enough to to say we're friends like it, it, it's it, it's strange to it's say because it's chill and it's not there's no there's no harshness there's no animosity it's just chill yeah like we have never even had a single moment of awkwardness it was always very a good vibe so it, there will be times where it comes over we'll sit down we'll talk about wrestling or whatever um so we're playing tekken um in all my life I would, I'd always bested most people I, I came across in Tekken, up until Molly Benjamin. Um, he knows this personally. I, I entirely hate him and resent him for it. <laughs> but it was Lovejoy 8, Money Benjamin 21. Oh, dear. So that, that is an absolute spanking on Tekken on every level. Like, I... I, I I was defeated, and after that, I was like, "No, nah, I'm I'm uninstalling this game, and just I'm gonna lick my wounds elsewhere and just save my space for now. I'm not playing with it anymore." 
I, I, it's kind of weird. I kind of learned to play fighting games a bit differently to most people. Because uh, I came into fighting games Virtual Fighter. Uh, for Street Fighter, Virtual Fighter. Um, liked Tekken, played more Dead or Alive. Um, and then I, I kind of dropped out for fighting games a bit, went back into it again. Uh, Virtual Fighter 5 is still probably still my favourite fighting game. Uh, but then Tekken 7 came along. And I was like, ooh, this is good. And I realised that the way I play fighting games with people is really different. I almost, I play with someone deliberately, not not, not to lose, but I start learning the tactics they would generally would use their fallback positions. And after three or four rounds, yeah. I would rape them repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he did that to me. That's exactly what he did to me. Because um, I'd always told myself, if I'm going to play with people, first of all, everyone knows, just don't bother with Eddie, because Eddie is just a, a, a cheap win. It, it, it's, it's a cheap win. You, you can... If you really know how to use Eddie, which I do, then you're yeah, there's good. a difference but when you, you when can... you see someone play with him. You go, "Oh, you know what you're doing." That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, a person can button mash their way using Eddie and absolutely slaughter you, and you will have nothing to say. I've seen the best of us be reduced to tears because yeah, of Eddie Corner. I thought, no, I'm not going to use Eddie. You know, I'm going to pick other people like, like Feng Wei. He's my, he's one of my favorite characters. Feng Wei, Horang, Lei Wu Long. Um, I couldn't find Lei Wu Long. I'm pretty sure it's DLC. See, precisely. Whereas you give me Lei Wu Long and I start doing with the 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 drunken master, I'm untouchable, and I will even challenge you, sir, personally. Yeah. Me as Lei Wulong will probably fall out. We will fall out. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like in like, say, taking. Oh, so I only learned this recently, right? So, do you know um, Mizuru Suzuki? Yeah. Yeah, so he actually is the guy who motion captures King. I only learned this, like, recently. Of which, do you know how hard I absolutely died? I was popping so hard when I was finding New Japan Pro Wrestling merch in Tekken? Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is so sick. I was literally clapping like a seal. Yeah, I was like, when, wow. When I, when I saw the Bullet Club stuff and I saw, like, um, if you choose, like, if you wear Okada's gear, his uh, special becomes the Rainmaker as opposed to yeah. his Japan Powerbomb. Oh, my God. I've marked out for that. <laughs> like, wow. You know. Um, it's a New Japan light is in, like, um, the Yakuza series as well. Oh, Yeah, yeah. So if you, get, if you pick up, like, say, Yakuza... Uh, six and zero. Uh, it's particularly six, actually. Um, the the original three musketeers, which is like uh, uh, Tanada, um, Masachiro Chono, um, Tanahashi. They're in the game. Is like um, they're mafia bosses who run the construction site and all the fucking illegal shit going on. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and, 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 and Carter's just like walking around the streets, and you you walk past him, and you're just going. He'll kick all, all his all his gold coins into the air as you walk past him. Like, <laughs> just... did you did you ever play Sleeping Dogs? Fuck yeah, <laughs> mate. That game, um, I loved that game. That I was knew... cool as fuck. I... Huh? That game was cool as fuck. That game for it me was... was like Kung Fu Shenmue with guns. See, I I bought it expecting to play because they were saying oh yeah it's a spiritual successor to the games of true the, the true crime games which i absolutely loved the true crime games um a lot of people didn't but i loved them 
mainly for the story. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I went in there expecting that, and that is not what I got. No, no, it was a much uh, better game. Unfortunately, the developer didn't they didn't sell enough back in the day that it um that a sequel didn't come of Sleeping Dogs, um, and they got disbanded. But Square Enix bought most of the team up. Um, so I don't know what it is they're doing now. I absolutely love Sleeping Dogs because it, it escalated so much. Like, the only... I'm not too sure what other game I can even mention. Wait, Max Payne 2. No, Max Payne 3? Yeah, it's the third one yeah, on, yeah. on PS. Yeah, PS3 and Xbox 360, yeah. yeah. That is the only other game that I can happily say where things just escalated and just when I thought it couldn't get any worse it just does yeah. uh, legendary legendary especially Max Payne 3 I I watched that game because I bought it and my best mate played it he literally came over to my house put on this massive subwoofer uh, we had a 50 inch at the time um, like at the place where I was living and I spent the better half of two days just watching him play it it felt like I was watching a movie because he was doing the whole Cinematic bullet stuff. thing right like he literally played Max Payne how it's supposed to be played yeah. and not only he was running around collecting pieces of everything so halfway through the game is walking around with golden guns and it's like Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, Max Payne is, is another Rockstar title. Max Payne 1, 2, and 3. It's a remedy. Is... Huh? It's a remedy rather than Rockstar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I think the first two are published by Rockstar. Mm. It's it, 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 it still... It's still... All of them still have a Rockstar logo on them. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, but I think they are done by, by Remedy. It, 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 yeah, they are, they are, they are, they are. Because the only the way I actually heard of Max Payne was um, a mate of my mom's bought me a T-shirt. She just thought she was buying a, a cool-looking T-shirt. But it was uh, the T-shirt with the Max Payne 1 cover. Oh, right, okay. Well, that, so it was, like, it, was, it was that black and white kind of neo-noir style look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he's carrying the gun and it just has Max Payne in yeah. red font. Yeah. Um, and a... a she bought me that T-shirt with a poster, um, and it's Max Payne, a man with nothing to lose. No, these times I was I was fresh in in this country, so uh, what I was about a year and a half in into the country. I always admired that poster on the T-shirt, like mm, Max Payne, man with nothing to lose, seems cool. And then I find out it's a game, so I never even knew it was a game. I played the game. Traumatized me. Yeah, the first uh, that one, game was so, it, so dark. Yeah, really, really dark. Just from the opening, is this the pain residence? Good. And it was like, oh, and I'm pretty sure every kid has nightmares about, you know, the nightmare scene where you're when you're on the house, yeah, trick yeah. with. The... I had to play that mission in order to complete it. First of all, Rockstar trolled me because. I never knew. It took me, what, a month to figure just that mission out? 
I was a bit of an idiot as a kid when it came to gaming. I used to think things were just supposed to be simple. It took me a month to figure out that my destination of the door that I'm supposed to be going in to end this nightmare was right next to me at the start point. Like, it's literally on your left. But I played that game on mute for oh. that specific mission because the crying baby oh I, I, I just... yeah yeah of course it is yeah, yeah. It, 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 it scarred me um, so I couldn't do it but I'm playing really dark trilogy but really well done yeah um, because Rockstar um, they're, they're, they have never disappointed me the only title I've never played of theirs is Manhunt which I probably should have gave a go, but at the time I was occupied with other games. Manhunt and Bully. I haven't played Bully either. I know people who have and I've watched people play it. It looks pretty cool. Um, I haven't dipped into it. Do you know what? It looks pretty cool, but I never found it relatable because I hate school, um, so I don't care <laughs> to to play a video game where I'm in school. It, it, it just didn't appeal to me. But I have no doubt that it's probably great. But it... Nah. <laughs> Give it a miss. <laughs> well, I'm just kind of wondering how much how much of this I'm actually going to use to the podcast. Because um, I, I, generally, I generally run it for about an hour, which is quite comfortable to watch. Um, so I'll probably take the majority of the first hour um, when we're turning, talking about more wrestling and more gaming stuff. So I think we've, we've gone off and learned so many tangents, so it's fine. Um, but no, it's been good, man. It's been really fun. Um, I'm trying to think... Just, I'm trying to throw a couple of games at you that I'm pretty sure you you might have played, and because um, man, you, you, me and you probably have a similar size collection of somewhat of games and consoles in our respective houses. I imagine so. Um, hmm. Because I, I, mean, I started going back through my my classic wrestling collection um, to do videos and so on. I started recording stuff um, for a while now. Uh, even when I, even when I was like pretty younger, I, I was kind of filming these kind of like jackass type wrestling videos where um, in game, the kind of extreme stuff you could do in wrestling games at a time before there was streaming and people could record clips and so on, like diving off fucking tables and jumping off, putting the ladder on the announce table and going up as high as you can and dive off into the ring and all the kind of crazy stuff. Like as Rikishi yeah. putting people like through like four tables to the floor with his pile driver. Oh my God. Okay, so the best wrestling game for that um in terms of weapon use and ladder and table play, SmackDown versus no SmackDown, yeah SmackDown versus Raw 2011 was the single best for TLC matches. After that, they revamped the whole thing and it was vastly, vastly limited. Whereas that game, you were able to do simple things like someone's at the top of the ladder. You push them off the ladder and they will land with their bollocks straight on the ropes. <laughs> they, would, they would essentially land naturally in terms yeah. of distance and stuff like that. Or if you push them off in the right place, they will land outside. If there is tables that are stacked, they'll, they're going through all of them. Not go through one of them and then the other that's on the bottom just folds itself and doesn't actually break. And the, 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 They'll go through all of them. <sighs> Just so many good mechanics that were just underused, and it just infuriates me. I remember when Kane started using that kind of the power bomb where he would dive down with it, and it was in lay down. 
the amount of stuff you could do with that, with tables and ladders and chairs and stuff. Smackdown, no, 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 it's the first time I saw that power bomb, but that that was shit for it. Um, one thing that SmackDown just bring it had that I found was a bit of a of a cheeky thing to put. If you are in a ladder match with one person, right? If you get interference in that match, and if the person interfering puts your opponent through a table, you win the match. <laughs> it was just tiny tiny little things like that. What? Yeah, anyway. it's, it's cool when that things like things like happen. Um, man, so what other wrestling is I picked up? So yeah, there's um, so Retromania is due out February. That's quite late. Um, I th- there's not a WWE 2K21, I guess, till whatever. 22 isn't going to be. Uh, yeah. I think it's, they've been working on one. They obviously decided to take a year out. Um, I think they'll be releasing one for because they always release it for October. Yeah, every year. I book a week off work for October just so I can play the new WWE games. Even if they release a new one, I don't see myself doing that this year. No, neither. I always found that I played it in that first week and they were, I would play my very first match and there'd be a glitch. I'd walk through the ring, I'd walk through the crowd. Uh, I know I've recorded this now for like four years in a row. I don't know what happens. So it always goes wrong <laughs> in a fun way. Do you know what I don't understand? Every time they release it, there is never a day one patch. Most games have a day one patch. Yeah. But the wrestling games don't, and they'll literally patch it. Sometime, it's literally between release and the first DLC, they will send one little one and a half gigabyte patch. That doesn't really fix as many issues as you have faced, but, you know... uh, I, I was pretty happy a few years ago, right? I think I think it was two thousand and eighteen. I think I posted um, something on the THQ, I thought two K forums or something, and I was like, "Please change the lobby system back that used to exist in the two K games, so you can arrange to talk to each other before you do the matchmaking. Before they got rid of that whole shit, you know, where, you, where you do the matchmaking and it throws you into some kind of demo match, and then you get paired up." And you might have a legit guy, you might have your Kenny Omega, or you might have somebody you've made, and all of a sudden you're against fucking Goki from, like, Dragon Ball Z and a giant panda. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You can't arrange beforehand to go, okay, let's all go as cruiserweights, or let's just go as all hardcore guys, let's just choose, like, some like, uh, extreme stuff. Um, no, you have no idea of that. And AJ Styles actually retweeted it. <laughs> I was so... Oh, I was, really? Yeah, I was, like, so chuffed now. I says, Oh, we need to get back to a more virtual pro wrestling stuff, and he he, he marked out from it. <laughs> so it's pretty happy about that. Do you know what? what? What two people I do appreciate outside of the new day that are gamers, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I absolutely, I thought it was brilliant when I realised that when he's on the road, he takes his PlayStation with him. Like yeah. he just stays in a suitcase. I seen him busting it out in the airport. I was like, oh. That's pretty cool. Um, ooh. Here's one. My best mate, first time we went to a show, we won the show, we won the, we won the tickets directly from um, THQ. All right. Literally, they, they had tweeted, 
um, that said, show us your best wrestling picture or the, the best picture of you wearing wrestling gear. And my mate was like, oh, what the hell? He literally puts on a Just Bring It t-shirt and an Austin 316 hat, like a, a Steve Austin hat, um, and puts on some shades and raises an eyebrow like that. <laughs> THQ sent him tickets, and those were the tickets to my first WWE show. Oh, right, that's uh, kind of cool, yeah. At the Trent Arena. So it's like, they're just little things that you can relate to. It's like a gaming company gave us tickets to my first show. <laughs> that's cool. I, can, I, I, uh, I entered a, a TNA competition, and uh, uh, I won. And I, they, they did a, when they came to Nottingham, they hired out the pitcher and piano, and uh, all the guys uh, were there. Um, and we, I got to VIP access, and there was like Doug Williams was there, AJ, um, Joe, um, Magnus, um, Jerry Borash. It was pretty cool. Um, and that was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, and you just got to hang out? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, they, just, they just hired out the entire venue. <laughs> See, that's just... Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, well, that's going to be, what, 2012, 13, I think that happened? Yeah. Might have no, been, actually, it might have been even earlier. Um, No, actually, dude, it's 2007. Um, It was their first or second tour over here because um, the year after, I, I, had, I had a choice of... I, I told myself, okay, TNA are touring, uh, but Noah are touring here. And I had a decision between which one I was going to go to in 2007, 2008. I was like, do I go to TNA Impact or do I go to the Noah show? Noah's never been here before. I want to go see this show. And, and thankfully I did because it was the last match that um, Misawa had. And that, that was his last match. Uh, well, that was his last match he completed and won because the match he had like two days later... He lost and unfortunately broke his neck and he died from a brain injury. So I got to, I saw that match and I was so glad I went to Noah as opposed to Impact that year. So yeah, I, so that show for TNA was the year before, so 2007. <laughs> wow. Damn. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So that, that, that's kind of like my favorite rest of On that show, in fact, there's... um. Nigel McGuinness and uh, Brian Danielson teaming together against Kenta and Marafuji. My God, what a match that was. <laughs> Speaking of him, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, so obviously we won the tickets from THQ to go to see the match, I mean to go see the show. The following year, I was, I was literally on my way to the gym after work. Um, so I decided, hey, I haven't ate anything. Let me grab, bearing in mind, I, 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 was, I was a different person back then. I thought I'd grab myself a double cheeseburger before going to the, the gym because, you know, bulking. Yeah. Um, I've always been a, a dirty eater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, cool, I'll grab one. So, you know the McDonald's that's on the way to, it's on Exchange Walk, essentially, yeah, yeah. near CPX. Yeah. I'm walking down there. I've I literally watched them and it didn't register in my mind. I was like, wait, hang on. Wait, what? I see Daniel Bryan walking around with a with a Bella in each arm and they'll all walk around carrying River Island bags and such and such. 
for me, because I, I watch wrestling so much, and you know, it didn't even register to me that I'm, wait, I'm seeing these people in real life. What passed me up, like, what? Wrestling <laughs> in town? Let me go check. I usually, at, at that time, I would know that they were in town by literally walking past Maid Marion Way. Because um, they used to stay at the... Park Plaza. At, yeah, yeah, Park Plaza. Yeah. Um, down there. So I was like, my gym's down there anyway, because I used to go to a gym at um, where the land registry is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, let me, let me pass by. I pass by. I see our truth. He's came out. I was talking to a couple of dudes, and I was like, oh shit, let me get a moment to actually talk to our truth. I walk up to him. I'm like, what's up? You good? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, can I? Do you mind if I get a picture? I'm not here with anyone, but do you mind if I get a picture with you or whatever? He was like, yeah. So I give someone my phone. He puts his arm around me. I was like, oh, because normally famous people, they're not, they don't have to put their arm around you or oh, da, 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 which is another thing that I'll say I, I am not a fan of wrestling fans putting their hands on, especially the female performers, like literally holding them like that on a phone. That's not okay. You don't know that person. Yeah, don't touch right. me. <laughs> um, puts his arm around me, around me grabs my hand, like we literally do the whole brother thing. I think it's also a black guy thing. <laughs> you have to do it when you meet another black guy. Like, oh shit, I just took a picture with R-Truth. Um, so I'm marking out at the time. And I end up just chilling with him for like five minutes. Um, he's literally outside the hotel, just chilling against the wall. He's already met a lot of the people, so no one's really bothering him anymore. Like, listening to his music. I'm like, literally stood right next to him. I'm like, oh, shoot, what are you listening to? He's like, oh, I'm listening to Tia. I was like, okay, I'm going to let you get back to listening to Tia. But can I ask you a question? And I really have to ask it for my own sanity. Where the F is Lil Jimmy? He looks at me, and I'll take, I'll forever be grateful for that. He looks at me, he's like, man, I don't know where the motherfucker at, man. Listen. He went back to live with his moms and shit, you know? And if he's living with his moms, I don't want to have to be going to court to pay no dead and child support. So I had to let him go. Obviously, <laughs> 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 we're talking about an invisible child. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, wow, that was hilarious. And every time any other wrestler comes to me and, and mentions our truth and starts to watch our truth, I was like, listen, I was one of the first people to find out what happened to little Jimmy? He told me personally. Uh, <laughs> and then literally soon after that, I had the likes of, uh, what was it? It was Kevin Nash. He walks out. He wasn't active, but he was on that tour. Yeah. He walks out. People are swarming him. Um, and then he later walks out as well. Him and the referee, I don't know... Ch- uh, he still works there now. I forgot what his name is. The blonde guy? But they work out. And they also took, they also let me take pictures uh, with them. So it was just such a such a cool thing to happen to say. I was just on my way to the gym. And I thought I'd just double check if there was a year in town. And I actually, you know, just got to actually interact with them there and then. Um... Twitter was a pretty cool thing, but 
when I started actually wrestling, I think about back in those times and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think, um, I think a few years back, I mean, we're talking like maybe 2005, I was at, I went to Insurrection, the, the pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> I remember that pay-per-view. So yeah, I, I was at that and I, I, I saw Christian in the street a couple of hours earlier. And uh, he was up by the castle, uh, but I, I saw him. But I didn't. I didn't mark out. I'd be a jerk. I was just like, "Hey man, just took my hat and just kept walking." I, just, I didn't know whether to like go over and say hello, or whether to be a mark out, or whether to to do anything. I, I just didn't do nothing. So, <laughs> also had a moment with Damien Sandow. He was pretty good to me. I oh, love yeah? that guy as well. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, he always seemed pretty cool. Obviously, his stuff is like in, he's an NWA now, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I love, love him. He looks like he's trying to find new characters. He looks like he's always willing to try something new. Um, and that's a good thing, I think. Um, I think also mm. it helps new guys too. Because when you've been a successful guy, you also can coach other people how to come up. And that's really what guys like that should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Hell, I, I believe that's a thing on, on every level uh, of wrestling where I have guys that have been doing it a lot longer than me because I, well, I debuted in 2018, so I'm 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 fresh. I'm like I'm fresh, fresh. But I, I have guys that I had heard about, then are able to give me feedback. It's like when I first met Gabe, he was like, "Yeah," because yeah, I met him at, at House of Pain. Like it was right before he he left, and I'd never spoken to him before. But he was like, "Cool, cool." You, you know, you 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 speak to people yeah. at that same school. And I was like, yeah, uh, I've seen your gimmick. It's pretty cool. But don't go get in a big head. Immediately, I walked away like, <laughs> he thinks my shit is cool. Um, but I do believe that those with more experience have. you. you it is within your, you don't have to, but it's the least you can do is look after the ones that have came after you. Or give, just throw them advice there. Just throw them a bone. Um, in order to help them, yeah, because that's what I'm trying to figure shit out. I mean, I, I saw uh, Gabe at um, was it the WrestleGate show? Um, when he, when he... the one, the one with the uh, the, 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 the Hangman Page. I saw that. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, I was there for that. Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so I, I, saw, yeah. I saw, I saw that one, and uh, they did the All Japan crossover one after. Um, that was mm. pretty cool, and. Um, so I think that's the one Gabriel Kidd announced that I think it was like the week after he was going to New Japan in LA. Um, and he, that was, and I think also who was on who was on that match? Um, Joe Hendry was on that. He was commentating uh, and did a ring spot because I guess because he's famous now and was his ROH. Um, and that, that, that was a really cool show. That really was. And I saw that Joe Dorans now debuted in uh, in Impact. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Well, Unpopular opinion. I want to know what you think of it. Okay. Edge and Christian. I've always preferred Christian. I always thought Christian was a better... I think he was better at playing the character who was supposed to be on the screen. I think he got it early. As where Edge was very much the the, the showman character. Um, and it's weird, because I, I saw... I mean, obviously, I watched Edge and Christian through the, the, um, the, the brood days to them doing the... Uh, um, the TLC stuff, and then 
the, the, the three second pose, um, and then then generally just then became part of the uh, part of the scene. Christian kind of did his own thing. Um, Edge became like the main event star for from like two thousand four onwards in that in the SmackDown Six effectively, and uh, yeah. um, I, Edge was sorry Christian was generally floating around the IC belt, um, and then obviously then he made the decision to go you know I'm going to go to Impact. Uh, I'm going to go to mm. TNA, which I think that was probably the best thing that TNA had at that time, because Kurt Angle had gone, the Dudley Boys had gone, um, and then they were stepping up their game to literally take on the one. I think they should have and could have done it at that time. Um, and then I think it was the best thing for AJ, because AJ, until that time, could barely talk on the mic. He was their biggest draw of a character, but couldn't fucking talk for shit on the mic. And then, and then they, they put him in this weird gimmick, where they didn't have him talking as much, but they had him being a bit goofy with Tyson Tomko as, as Christian as the kind of ringleader. And the problem it, solved. <laughs> yeah, so then for an entire year, Christian, so AJ got to be this kind of goofy self, being a bit silly, doing his whole Xbox gamer fan. Oh, I'm going to go and have a good match. As opposed, it kind of kept him away from the world title and allowed him to become a better talker. And it, it clearly is because I could see that from the way that Christian would lead the promos, and then a year later, obviously, AJ returns to being the phenomenal one, and then he's he's shooting promos against everyone. He's becoming the character he clearly has become now. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think Christian was certainly about was about educating. Um, he, he knew his place on the card, but knew he could get the best into other people too. And I think a lot of guys... Um, I think one guy who does that really, really well is Eric Young. You know, he he can be any any spot on the card. He can be the, yeah. He can play any spot on that. And that's a guy that when I saw him go to WE and I saw the whole sanity thing with NXT. Um, he can be the leader of a group. He can be the comedy character. He can be the daredevil. He's a bit silly. He's fine. He can be absolutely stone cold serious. He can be like the psychopathic killer. He runs the tag team well. He he teaches. And knows how to elevate people around. That's the kind of guy you want on your roster. And WWE had no idea what to do with him when they put him on their main rosters. And yeah. I just like, what are you? This is a guy who you should be using as a guy to elevate other talent. He doesn't need to be in a position where he's a world tag guy or a, a belt guy. It's a bit like um, guys like Mr. Perfect. You don't need to put a belt on the guy, but what to have him there makes the other guys around him elevated. And that's what, exactly. I th- that's what I think the role of Eric Young should have been in WWE on, on the main roster. But they had no idea what to do with him. Um, massive missed I, opportunity. I find that's a, a common occurrence with WWE when it goes to, when it goes to the main roster. Um, they don't always, you know, per se, ruin a person. Some people just, it doesn't work out at that level. No. But um, they, they do this thing where, first of all, WWE has this thing where they must have all the top talent in the world. They must have. Even, they don't they, were, they don't know what to do with him, but they must have him. They must get him on the contract just so that he doesn't go anywhere else, so that we have him as an option. Yeah, um, it's all fixed three-year not... contracts now, so he ain't going anywhere else. And even if you've yeah. got control of him, it's horrible for them guys, I think. Or you've got guys like Alistair Black going, I want to go back to NXT. Of course he does. What's he doing on the main roster? Who knows? Who, who's who's your favorite wrestler right right now? Uh right now. WWE wise. Oh, WWE wise. Um, I can't let Timothy Thatcher. Um, <laughs> I just like guys who wrestle. 
And yeah. I, I like a guy who actually yeah. looks like he's legitimately in there. He's taking the business seriously. Um, and he looks like he, in the ring, he's solid. He can do the Matt Russell stuff. He can talk really well. Although that fucking, although that stupid decision a couple of weeks ago, his whole gimmick is he's a serious shoot fighter, yet you have him lose to Kushida by submission due to an outside distraction by a guy walking up to the ring. And I'm like, what the f- You've just killed that entire guy's gimmick. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> it's only because I saw him in MLW, and I, I kind of watched him for a year. Um, mm. I really like MLW's product right now, actually. It's really good. Um, I watched the one I seen to, like, I mean, I really like Alistair Black because I like the occult, esoteric stuff. I like I like his character around that. Um, the Velveteen Dream was a guy I, I liked. Um, and then right now, of course, he comes with lots of different problems. Uh, but when, when, when did that whole Prince gimmick going on? Um, when he first kind of debuted? After that was that was that was really different. I, I really didn't know what he was trying to do, and then he became better. Um, Tommaso Ciampa probably is the best character. Right now, Master Champa's heel work was some oh of the best God. I'd seen in years. Just who else do you know that has literally has a crowd chanting tra- "fuck you, Champa"? <laughs> like, he literally he did heel so good. He made everything about himself hateable, and it was from from his smile. You know that smile that he does when he's just done something so dastardly. To the point that for a while he was coming out to no music just so he can collect that heat as he's walking down. That, that yeah. was, I really liked that version of Champa Hell. He's, he's one person in NXT that I haven't actually gotten bored of at all. Do you know who bores me? Well, I wouldn't even say bores me because they don't bore me. Like I can watch them have a match all day, but as a character, Johnny Gagano, right? Johnny Same yeah. Face. Johnny Same Face. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care about Johnny Gargano. I, I really don't. I know that if I'm watching a Gargano match, it's going to be great in terms of what's happening in there, like storytelling wise. Yeah. But there's facials out there, though. <laughs> just, just, just not my cup of tea. Champa, yes. Um, the person that actually got me into watching NXT. Like full time, Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah. I I came in at that point with NXT. I think I came in so, when he was. I think he was becoming uh, to take on the, the the world title holder, who I think was who was Kevin it? Owens. It was Kevin Owens. Yeah, you're right. So that's when I came in as well, and then I realised yeah. it was the best show that we was putting on anywhere. Yeah, in fact, I I, I literally start NXT. On the pay-per-view where Owens kills Sami Zayn after Sami Zayn has just finally won the title, uh, and then he, he he betrays him and kills him there and then, because um, they all got signed. Well, I forgot who else. It was yeah, it was Kenta, um, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens. Yeah, they all signed around the same time because I remember yeah. seeing a picture of all of them with Triple H doing the yeah, it's like. That guy, Virgil DeVitt, I have heard of him. Because I, I, I started seeing the, the, the whole face paint. Yeah, Prince Devitt, man, I saw I saw him on fucking like shows where there was 20 people. Yeah. yeah. Owning his, learning his craft, for sure. Of which, at that point, uh, I didn't even know he was friends with Sticks. 
and all that. But Sticks has been around for a long time, so he he, he knows mostly everyone in yeah. British wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool to hear him just tell you a random story. Or, you know, last time I, I was with him, he was telling me a story about a match he had with Kevin Owens for Southside. And, you know, it, it's like, that shit is so cool. But, yeah, Finn Balor, favourite wrestler in the world today. Yeah, he, he, uh, I do like the fact that they actually protect his demon character. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's much. I like the fact that he has another persona that he can dip into when... It actually feels a lot like the old rivalries of like uh, the territory stuff. You know, when a guy has to dig so deep, he has to go inside himself and be that horrible version of himself to take yeah. to come up with. Uh, that the fact that it's so protected, it actually is W's probably best asset about that character. I loved the it's the way he said it. It's like he, he has to dig deep in himself. No, he has to dig deep. In order to become something much greater than himself, yeah, and it was a it was a good explanation for because I remember watching a documentary where it was explaining the psychology behind it, where he said Triple H put him to the side. I was like, hey, I see you do this whole face paint face paint thing. You can do it, but why do you do it? Yeah, and then that's when they came, you know, yeah, with the with the origins of. The fact that it's, it's a demon king, it's Bala, it's 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 a. Yeah. The reason why I relate to it is because in my culture, um, we have those creatures. We, we have demon mythology that is very much believed in. Um, so I was I was very drawn to that because it's it's literally something that I can. I I, I was actually considering coming up with a variation of it. Not with the face paint, but in my culture we have these things called isangoma. It's like a, it's like a witch doctor, type thing. Um, so my character is under Zulu. I, I was gonna do it at some point down the line, where I'll have a Zander Zulu, and then I'll have Sangoma. It's like a, a more exaggerated version of yeah. Zander Zulu with a little bit more of a Papa Shango feel to it. Okay than than anything but it was just an idea that i played around with in my head i don't know if i, I if i'm ever going to do it but it's an idea that I'm, I'm definitely thinking i might do at some point but it is also about remaining original i mean nothing in wrestling really is that original anymore because there's very few things that you could see and go oh my god i've never seen that before there was very few things that you can do that with the wrestling yeah you're right. um, but I do want to keep that thing about myself where I think I can still set myself apart from the rest of the people that you will see on your show. So can, can we go into a bit of the dark side of wrestling? Because it, something's just tickled in my mind and gone, ah, okay. So I'm assuming you've seen Dark Side of the Ring, the device documentary series. Yes, I haven't seen all of them. Um, but I have seen them. New Jack traumatized me. He 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 should be in jail. Oh, for what he did to the mass transit. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't that wasn't perhaps the one I was thinking of. Actually, because I was, you know how so you, I'm, what I'm thinking about. So you know how different areas of the world generally have a form of wrestling. So when you look at say uh, Mexico going towards the make it have the lucha style, 
Japan has the, the King's Road and, it, and so on. And then, like, say, in, in Greece and in Rome, you have Greco-Roman wrestling. But then, like, yeah. in Africa, you also have this form of wrestling where it's they, they, they've almost personified their, their identity onto wrestling with a kind of voodoo-style wrestling, resurrection mm-hmm. wrestling. That was really interesting. I think... Um, and it appears to be getting quite popular. I know there's, there's certainly, in that documentary, there appeared to be resentment between the Christian community and that voodoo-esque wrestling characters, where they're, they're resurrecting. So that, that, that appears to be a bit of a sticking point of contention, but appears to be gaining a bit of a, a bit of a following there. So how, how, would, how does that make you feel to know that almost there's an African unique wrestling in the same way that there's Lucha, that there's uh, King's Road, there's actually their, there's their, their own version in Africa. How's that? See... I, I, I also saw it um, over a decade ago. I, I, I was well aware of it. The the problem in Africa is that folklore is still very much taken seriously, regardless of how scientifically advanced we get in the world. Things to do with folklore are still very much taken seriously to a point where certain things are law. Like, you can get arrested. There's still certain parts where if you're suspected of things like witchcraft, you can still be arrested. And, and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll treat your whole shit like it's the Salem witch trials all over again in the modern day. So um, a, a lot of mythology is still taken very seriously and it's still very real. Are they, are they, are they quite a superstitious people? Is that is that their traditions that are coming through? Or is that a fear? Uh, both. Um, so, superstitious, one hundred percent. Most most African households. I can't see you. Uh, by the way, there we go. Too many there. Bring religion to it. You've also got to be very careful about certain things that you want to introduce. Okay. Um, and, and, and we're just know that based on how the world reacts you know uh, how people that strongly believe in their religion in the in 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 this country or, or in the first world countries react you're not always going to get a very good reaction so you know if i were to gee i don't know um bang on a scream mask uh I, i've got this old school scream mask where it comes with like a little pump and it bleeds okay yeah Halloween a few years ago, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I can't take that shit to my grandmother. She will throw up a fit. Um, it's satanic. It's a, just it's it's a straight up no. Even though she'll be very well appreciating what I am and that it's a different era altogether. It, it, it's more about also holding on to because it's very hard to let go of ideologies. That you've been raised through your whole life. Yeah. You know, it's it, it sort of why, in fact, that point I've just said exactly is why I no longer get offended if I hear something racist coming from an old person. I, I, I just don't because that, that, that's, that's the era they grew up in. I, I, it's too late to change it. They, they know better. They probably know better because if you live on this earth right now, you know better. Yeah. You know, um, but even if you know better, you, you still choose to stick with that ideology. Yeah, I get that. So, there is 
a it's more of a generational thing when it comes to wrestling and uh, and them not liking it in terms of the Christian community not really being accepting of the voodoo style things that you get done in wrestling or, or, or the characters. And it's also, I'll say it's also to do with not completely appreciating um, what wrestling is and how it works and, 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 and what kayfabe is. Because I still have to explain to my own family members the idea of kayfabe and how it works. Because they will come to a show, they'll see me getting the seven shits bit beat out of me, but yet coming out on top. And then, you know, I'll come back home and they're like, were you in any pain? I'm like, oh yeah, I was in pain. Everything that you saw there, the impact, is real. So, why do they say it's fake? I'm like, it's not fake. Determined outcome. It's it's we're working together, but don't get me wrong. A lot of it hurts. You, you know, it, it's pretty hard. It's not hard, but it's not it's not easy to explain the concept of wrestling for a person that that's just never got it because they're like, but why on earth would you let a person? What? That was a chair. He hit you with a chair. I saw it. Like, yes, mate. <laughs> I specifically trained for the half of two years to be able to be thrown because even my doctor was like, "Hey, it's like it's like being in a controlled car crash." Yeah, essentially, no. Um, and if you don't like wrestling, I don't know why on earth you would ever be a wrestler <laughs> because it, it, it's up until even now, me personally, it's the most physically demanding thing I've ever done in my entire life. It is the hardest. No amount of anything in my life was ever as hard as doing wrestling. Even even uni. Uni and A-levels was harder than... Well, no. Wrestling was harder than all of that. Just, you know? It, it's, it's just physically demanding and it's, it's a matter of whether or not those people understand it. So I think a lot of it, a lot of the outrage comes from, one not understanding because can guarantee you every African who's ever watched wrestling knows who Undertaker is. Um, that's, that's and he's still in their head because of our of our folklore or of, of our mythologies of the fact that we fear dark, dark things. Um, but the interesting thing is is that those strong beliefs are not exclusive to Africa. I have grown up with a lot of Asian friends, very similar. Um, my best mate calls it old country. He's from he's from Pakistan, and it turns out that some of the folklore, some of the creatures in our folklore, have identical backstories. Yeah, it's, that's, that's yeah. Um, in my, what should we say? In my real world, and I'm not doing this, I I, I do have a particular um, interest in different cultures, mythologies, um, stories, the the supernatural, the uh, the elements that the folklore and so on. So I I do certainly understand that there is certainly underlying stories that undercut a lot of different faiths, cultures, traditions that are very very similar. It might have different names due to location, but the stories and the um, the events are often very very similar, if not the same. Yeah, and you see, it, it is that appreciation of 
those different things. That has actually made me very tolerant of religions. So I have this thing where I believe that in these in, with different religions, no one is specifically wrong. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I believe it's a it's a perspective thing. We could all literally have the same God, just different incarnations and different interpretations. Um, and I'm also open to the idea that it's not the same God. There's many different types. Of, you know, I, I'm I'm very accepting of all of these possibilities because why not? Why should I? think okay there's this because i was raised as as a christian and and such and such but i'm also a student of science so <laughs> i love science and everything about it so when those things started to intertwine i was like hmm i'm not a good christian moving on <laughs> i i i take things for logic i i, I and i can't the, the, you know there's certain things that without getting into religion that is just not plausible but if i can enjoy comics not that i'm I'm saying they are the same but if i can enjoy comics or the idea that um you know galactus has a herald in silver surfer or the incredible hulk or thor at one point or whatever then why can't i believe jesus was the son of god or you know muhammad was a prophet or, uh, da, 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 you know, yeah. The, 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 there was no reason for me to not believe it, even if something doesn't sound believable. I'm not going to dismiss it because I don't believe you can ever dismiss anything because it may. No, like, I, if you turn around right now and say, "Yo, shit, aliens have landed," I was like, <laughs> "I saw this shit coming." <laughs> you know, well, according, to, according to Israel, was, uh, is it foreign minister like yesterday made an announcement that? They've known there's been aliens here for like 70 years, whatever. And this is like their head of space uh, in Israel. It's like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, okay, but are you really going to come out and say that now? In this year? <laughs> yeah. Like, we have a lot of shit we've been dealing with already. Like, now you want us to start thinking about interdimensional interdimensional beings? Yeah, so now, now you have to start worrying about... Oh, so, is that what that space force is for? Just to make sure we can defend ourselves. Who knows? I don't say, but space force? No, that's 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 not gonna work. Because if again, I personally, I believe they exist. Because I grew up watching X Files. I am convinced that should exist. I've seen some shit in the sky that is not plausible. Like me and my girlfriend, I shit you not, uh, we did not sleep that night, and she kept ringing me from work. Um. So I was, I was smoking one of them, one of my funnest cigarettes. I was smoking the funnest cigarette. She was not, okay. okay. Um, and we see two stars, point A and point B, right? Two stars. They're they're right there, okay. Right. So, see something starting, not where the star is, but starting a, a few, a, a little bit of a distance between the two stars. Something starts shooting. One, two, three. Like coming from one point and disappearing at one point, but in between these two stars, one, two, three, right? Right. And then next thing, it comes aligned in two. So one, two, 
three. And then three of them come out now. One, two, three. It went on. We thought we had been looking at this thing for about five minutes. We had been watching for 25 minutes. Now, the poem was, she pointed it out to me because I'm smoking. And she's like, babe, what is that? And I've looked up and we've both froze. They were not planes. They were going too fast to be planes. And it was outside of our atmosphere. And the most recent explanation I was given was, um, yeah, it could be space dust. Or Chinese lanterns. Huh? Or, or, or Chinese lanterns. I'm like, first of all, my nigga, we're in Sheffield. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Second of all, me, when I saw it happen, I wasn't somewhat scared, but I literally said to her as we were both watching, because time was really messed up. The fact that we thought we were there for five minutes, but we'd been standing there for 25 minutes. Neither of us felt compelled to look away and grab our phone and start recording. Now, by the time I grabbed my phone, it was literally over. Um, and she kept asking me, did we really just see that? Because she had she had never opened her mind to things like that before. Whereas I'd, I was always trying to, to tell her, yo, possibility of such and such is real, but if you tell a non-believer or if you tell your, any random person out there on the street that such and such is real, they're going to look at you like, most people will look at you like, yeah, you got yeah a okay. Before she was looking at me like, you need to stop smoking and find a cigarette. Um, but that night, she was afraid. I looked at it as, okay, um, one, wow, because I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Number two, um, I'm telling no one about this because one, no one's going to believe me because they're just not. But if you're smoking I then, a big ass bifter, they're gonna be like, "Not sure." <laughs> Were you smoking? Yes. Oh, then you know it, it, the, the reason why I'm happy to talk about it is because she was not smoking. She was sober, sat outside with me on a hot summer's night, and we saw that. And she was ringing me the next day when she was at work and texting me to, to make sure she's not crazy. Like we definitely saw what we saw, didn't we? Oh, da, 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 da. and it was just amazing. So. To see something like that, my mind is just open to essentially anything existing. Especially growing up watching X-Files. I can't express to you how much fun watching that program was. It has not aged well, though. I will say that. No, that series not... as well. No, some of those episodes have aged pretty badly. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise... I can no longer dismiss anything that is put in my lap. I won't outright believe it because you should question anything. It is our human nature. But I won't necessarily dismiss it either because seeing is believing. And I've already saw some shit that I never thought I'd see. And yeah, the explanation to me given for those lights, bear in mind, it looked like there were projectiles, mate. There were literally projectiles. One coming out and then two lined up like this not like that but lined up like this two coming out in the intervals of three and then three lined up like this way not that way but this way this time of three that wasn't aircraft I, I, and it still blows my mind to this day. like since that day i've not looked at the sky the same again 
but I haven't necessarily been happy to tell everyone because no, I get that. No one's gonna believe you. Like it's just one of those things. I have I have watched one too many UFO sightings on because I've always been interested in that, but. I never thought I'd see something in the sky myself where it's some shit that I, I can't explain. And I, I completely reject the notion that it's space dust. Because meteorites don't fly in an organized manner. No, no, they're, off, they're pretty random. Yeah. <laughs> coming in on so, crazy orbits, coming in in a way that uh, you might find two a two together, maybe, but three and four, no. Not in patterns exactly. and, in organization. And, intervals showing up at one point and disappearing at the same point for all of them um and i couldn't even turn around and say it could be military aircraft because if it is why are the military conducting uh you know exercises on 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 residential land i don't think that's protocol no the atlantic yeah um but it's amazing we got. It's, it's, it's quite amazing we actually got to that topic in the first place because, I guess, we were talking about uh, different cultures and the way that they interpret wrestling. It's amazing how the, the stories of wrestling and characters and uh, things that are over top and trying to understand the reality and the nature of the world is so interconnected, um, in a really interesting way. Living living in fantasy, living in a, a dual life, or um, understanding, and there's more than what you are. It all kind of ties in in interesting ways. Lots of different threads together. Oh, yes. What game are you looking most forward to? Uh, what game am I looking most forward to? I'm probably going to... It's probably Cyberpunk. Um, but outside of that... I mean, okay, Cyberpunk's disqualified because we're going to be able to play it in an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm still looking... The whole time I've been looking at my time on my screen because it's literally counting down on the clock. Um, but I I heard there was a a one hundred gigabyte day one patch. Yeah. But I've already downloaded the game, and that's one hundred and eleven gigabytes. It's on two Blu-rays, isn't it? As well, so. Is it? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, I I I got the original. I mean the uh, the digital version. Yeah. Sorry. So, you can't. Put Cyberpunk in there because it's here. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm probably going to pick up the new Yakuza game at some point, but that's technically already out. Um, it's probably going to be Retromania Wrestling, and you know I haven't seen anything that's really tickling my fancy lately. Nothing at all. It's probably because in all fairness, I haven't looked, and I've got so much I got to get back for. I got to get through. The one I'm looking forward to after Cyberpunk. And of course, they're re-releasing Grand Theft Auto, which I'm happy about that. People were pissed, but I'm happy because I've been playing this game since 2014, and I'm not about to lose all my shit just because we're moving on to a a new a new console. Um, God of War, because the PS4 version blew me away. Come on, boy. Huh? Come on, boy. That's all he ever yeah. said. Boy, yeah. come on, boy. Boy. <laughs> it's like, you're a bad father. First of all, you don't tell him he's a god, let alone Loki. Like, it's just withholding so much from him. Um, 
I'm looking forward to that because that that God of War from PS4 was the first God of War I played. Oh, I didn't like it. <gasps> Why? I, I mean, just... besides the lack of boss fights, because no, they had significantly less boss fights. What I didn't like about it was um, the control map. I was just struggling in my head. I don't know what it is, I guess. The idea of attacking using my R1 button felt so fucking alien. And you can remap it to how it was. And I was just struggling with, like... not that it, it, doesn't, it has a lock-on system, but it's not a true one. And uh, the way that you would throw your, throw your weapons and re- recover them. It just never felt very natural, the way that it was being done with the right stick and stuff. And I'm going, I could really do with putting this back how it was on... And then there is a map in there, a, a different, an alternative map, but there's not ability to remap it yourself. And having played, and at the time I was running through God of War 3, just for a, a story, and going yeah. that to that one, I was just like, no, <laughs> I'll come back I, I, a year down the line maybe, and I'll be fine and love it. But I need, to, I need to get that muscle memory out of my head to play it again. Do you know what? I would say... Play it again at some point after the new one comes out, and it might give you the urge to play. Because saying that, you probably do have a great point. I just can't relate because yeah, I never played the previous ones. I've I've watched the previous ones on YouTube. So because I, I thought, okay, I'm not going to download like two previous gen games just to understand what's going on here. I'll just watch no, them they're, instead. They're, they're all standalone, so it's fine. Um. And because I did that, I played the new God of War. And then as soon as God of War 3 was available on um, PlayStation Plus for download, the remastered version, I snapped it straight off, straight away. Haven't played it yet, but I intend to because... I think also, at the time, I I think I was replaying through Horizon Zero Dawn again because I bought the DLC. And... You know, when you're playing that similar engine system, and I think I was doing Death, Death Stranding at the same time as well, so I think <laughs> I think I was just like maybe a bit overblown with control maps and stuff. So I do think it's one of those things I just need to come to terms with. Give it some muscle memory, give it a while, come back to it, I'll be fine. But at the time, I didn't. I mean, for me, I'll be honest. It was it was my chance to to to, to do my best Thor impression. That's essentially what God of War was. It was like just letting you do Thor shit without actually being Thor. Oh yeah, and also Thor and Odin are dicks. Yeah. It, it, it literally it painted them because I never really had much exposure to Norse mythology before I read up about the Marvel Norse mythology. Yeah. You know, I'd always viewed them as yeah, yeah, no, they're probably. You know, as cool as Marvel depicts them. No. Since I played God of War, I think Thor and Odin are dicks. I, I do not look at them in the same way. Um, what, I, I, and I actually think most gods were just not as cool, <laughs> as cool as people make them out to be. It's like, why all this punishment? You're a god. You've won. Relax. Yes, the, the gods beat the... Um... Who came before them in Greek mythology? Sorry, in um, Norse mythology. Um, there was another race of beings that come here, and they, they killed them. 
let's say Thor and Odin, they, they did, I'm sorry, Odin did and his family, they killed them. And then that's actually mirrored the same in Greek mythology as well. Um, a, a whole pantheon of gods, they they, they, they destroyed their forebears beforehand. Um, Olympians. Yeah, so it's, it's well, the Olympians is, is Hercules and so on. But it's really interesting how the, the Greeks and the, um, the Scandinavians didn't actually meet each other, as it were, yet share quite similar mythology, similar characters. And particularly, there's characters who exist by the same name, particularly Bala, um, Loki, um, Morrigan Le Fay, um, who are also found in, um, in Ireland as well. Ah. Did you say Bala? Yeah, Bala, yeah. Like, Demon King Bala? Found it's it's found in uh, in in Greek and um, Irish Celtic mythology. Kyle, is Loki yes. in, in Greek mythology? Yes. What what is he in Greek mythology? Loki, <laughs> he's still the same character. Oh, the same trickstar guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not the only one though. Um, so Dionysus yeah, has that character, um, where he's a trickster god who who is playful but also is a um, Character of great knowledge. He's um, he's quite unruly. He gets drunk. He has uh, a sacrament, a wine that he gives to humans to um, give them abilities to talk to him. Um, oddly enough, you'll find it also in Egyptian mythology as well. As there's the um, character of Osiris too. Is that Osiris? Probably wrong on that one. Because um, the Sphinx, the Sphinx is the same character. You know what I don't understand about all these gods? Especially the Greek ones. Why do they feel the need to come back down to Earth every once in a while and shag a human? Uh, they say the same story, of course, is found in uh, the Bible, in, in the Torah, in the, um, the text where the angels came to Earth and they felt the need to procreate. Um, or rather, they got here and they saw that humans were attractive to them they had the ability to intimate and some angels decided to rebel against their um their leader come down here and fuck some humans and unfortunately they those humans and angels started having children who were quite deformed and quite badly messed up um and they became the race of the giants the furbolg and the um the gods all decided to banish those angels that did that and that's a story found in uh, Mesopotamia. It's found in the Bible, of course. It's found um, in um, Soma. It's found in. Um... So it's a really powerful story. I, I still wonder what story they're actually trying to describe, but um, it appears that there was a, a rebellion of some kind, and God thought, "Fuck it, I will flood the world," <laughs> and to get to get rid of all these uh, abominations, as it's called, and. What remains on Earth is those remnant angels who decided to teach humans how to hunt, how to fish, how to be a good architects, how to um, plant crops with agriculture, and they appear to be the basis of all faiths around the world. Is that they go back to people, or beings, or angels potentially, who taught us how to hunt and how to kill and how to look after ourselves in a world all fucked up after the flood or after the ice age or something like that. And that story is near replete across the entire world. Yeah. 
Do you watch Lucifer? Uh, Lucifer is a really interesting character <laughs> as a book. Um, but we're, are we talking about the the current one that's on Netflix? And yeah, I'm, I, I'm 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 actually enjoying. I don't like because a lot. You don't like it. I, I love it, but I don't like it equally. So, and it comes from this. Okay, so I, I read those comics before they were made in the TV show. So uh, of of the of the DC Lucifer. So Lucifer um, is a blonde haired guy. So I'm a bit disappointed that he's dark haired. I actually really like the actor who plays him. I think he's really cocky and arrogant. I like him. He's good. Um, he's, got this, he's got these crazy eyes when it starts yeah. going off. Unfortunately, uh, I think the show, I, actually, it's certainly the first two series that are done by Jerry Bruckheimer, who did all the um, like Top Gun and Con Air and did all these CSI shows. I kind of took all the characters from this animated um, comic book universe and then turn it into a detective freak of the week show where somehow the detective cop and the weirdo, whether it be a mentalist, whether it be a sidekick, or whatever, it's almost like it's basically it's a police officer and a freak solve the, uh, the, the the crime of the week. And as opposed to the, the book that is incredibly dark, um, where you've got um, Lucifer, who's basically he's he's in Hades, he's in hell, and what he's done is he's created another universe and there's uh, the demons and angels want to escape god's earth where god doesn't pay any attention here he doesn't care about anyone anymore um and they've had enough and all the demons are trying to get to los angeles to enter his portal to go to his new universe and lucifer at his club of lux is the one looking after this place however that universe has gone wrong he doesn't have the ability he doesn't have the power to do that and basically, him and Mezzakin are trying to keep. He's trying. They're trying to play politics with hell and heaven, while also doing the same thing with other demons who are independent, shall we say, or individuals on Earth. Um, and there's this political conflict that's happening that's not displayed in the show at all. Um, in particular, his relationship with Michael, um, who is held captive by the Vatican. Um, so there's there's this temple in the uh, in the comic books. It looks very much like um, um, you know the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, very built building like that. And the church have encapsulated a giant angel in there. They've wrapped him up in gold chains, and he's literally bound to the inside there and can't move. Um, so Lucifer goes in there and kills his brother, so he can return to heaven, as it were, um, because the, the basically the church I just. I've trapped in there for like 4,000 years. And this angel can't die. He's withered away. So Lucifer kills Michael. Um, and Michael goes to heaven. But then he revolts against God and joins Lucifer to create this perfect universe because Lucifer didn't have the power. And it's like, that is not in that fucking TV show whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so having just saw that, that, that play out and you see samurai mythology coming there as well, where um, there's like fucking... You ever seen Wicked City? You know, these fucking massive, like... Um, there's this particular character in there. There's a, it's like a samurai-like woman, and she takes her clothes off, and basically her whole body is like a giant mouth, and the vagina basically has these chapping jaws. <laughs> um, so that, that, that demon is in Lucifer as well. She, she um, works as a guardian at Lux as well. Yeah. Do you know who I always wondered? Why did... Or that person should show up in Lucifer. I don't know if they've ever showed up in the comic books because Lucifer's a DC uh, yeah. IP, isn't it? Yeah. 
Etrigan. All right, okay. Is that his name? Why hasn't he ever shown up in... Because he's a demon, right? Yeah. Jason Jason Blood? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoy him in in Justice League Dark, and I love that he talks in rhyme. It is so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah, I I do do enjoy Justice League Dark. Um, That anime was cool as fuck. Although, the last... They did a a Constantine last Christmas or the year before that was kind of like a short anime series put together. That wasn't very good. (laughs) Can't have everything. Day of Demons, I think it was called. Still voiced by Matt Ryan, but it wasn't a very good one. Ah, Of which, DC are also considering... um... They're rebooting the movie version of Keanu Reeves' one. It's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they'll bring him back? I don't see him doing it. I think he'll do it. I'd rather have Matt Ryan but, than him, but can't have everything. So. Do you know who I see Keanu Reeves as? No. And I genuinely think he should play this character because he would suit it. Either two people besides Johnny Silverhand. Hey. <laughs> um, Adam Warlock. Yeah, yeah. Or Johnny Blaze. That's interesting, yeah. I can see that. He always plays Johnny, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, person, the only other person I can see, actually, I can actually see playing Adam Warlock, but that's literally because I've seen a um, a fan-edit version of him as Adam Warlock, and it just looks like a perfect fit. I don't think you're going to like what I'm going to say, because I, I, I don't actually care about this particular actor okay. or any previous movies, but he just looks like he'd be good for it. <sighs> Zach Efron. No, yeah, okay, I can see that, yeah. And actually, he's done, a, he's done a good couple of movies, actually, where he he didn't play a cheesy version of Zach Efron. He played a decent character. So, yeah, yeah I get this. Yeah. yeah. That, and he's got the body for it. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the people that created Adam Warlock... They're just known universally as the beautiful people, anyway. Yeah. In in the universe, like they're supposed to be perfect beings. He would be a great fit in terms of how he looks. Yeah, he doesn't have any tattoos either. I don't think so. That, that helps. No, but if you ask the Rock. You can get rid of tattoos anyway, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> of which, do you agree? Yes or no? Is the Rock the Schwarzenegger of our generation? Yeah, very much so. Based on the just big action movie dude who will do other <laughs> questionable roles that you're just not too sure about. Like, yeah, I, at least he's, he's willing to be a varied actor, but he's generally always playing another version of himself. He's always yeah. playing the rock, really. Apart it's from, him. Apart from, apart from Rampage, I guess. He wasn't quite the rock in that. No. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's him, Samuel L. Jackson, Whoopi Goldberg, and Ryan Reynolds. I'm pretty sure there's more people I can name, but it's those four to me that stand out in my mind as they always just play a slightly different version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, true. Chris Hemsworth as well. See. I no longer see him as anything. Else. Chris Hemsworth, um, Henry Cavill, 
I no longer see them as anything else but those characters that they play, except for one movie I recommend. It's called The Man from Uncle. Yeah, it's good film. I recently, I only, I only recently watched that. I, I thought it was hilarious. There's a couple of disappointing points that I think I thought they really should have done. Um, they really should have had the two actors who played the original Man from Uncle in the movie, and Robert Vaughn, who played Napoleon Solo originally. Um, I saw an interview with him. Apparently he was on set that day, and they didn't ask him to do anything. And it's just like, you fucking you morons. So he, he had an office at the same lot, apparently, where he was working for... And it's like, come on, put the original two guys in there. That's a, that's a, a massive Easter egg. But no. They could have literally even gave him something as a small Stan Lee-esque cameo. I know, right? Just... I think that 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 kind of trade off to be uh, we, we at least acknowledge that we existed beforehand, but you know, his uncle is supposed to be like the equivalent of the UN, but like the MI five James Bond as a series really. Um, I don't think there'll be any more unfortunately because they've got too many commitments elsewhere. Yeah, who do you think the next Bond would be? Do you know I haven't? It's that girl, isn't it? That woman's taken over. Who? That woman's taken over. The woman from Black. Uh, she was in Black Panther. What she's taken? She's taken over with James Bond. Yes. You didn't know that? No. That's what everyone. I mean, because the movie's been finished for like best part of a year and a half now. Just had, it was going to be released like like uh, October last year. Then it was April, and that's been put through to next year. But yeah, the um, the, the plot got um, shown, and the story's been shown, and the actress has long. Yes, Daniel Craig has basically died in the movie, and then this woman takes over his role. And they're saying the way that they've recast it effectively is to say that James Bond is a, a character name that's passed between different agents. And I'm like, I mean, hmm. I mean, it's a good explainer because a lot, you know, there's overlapping characters where M, pretty sure M was like, she appeared in both Piers Brosnan movies and Daniel Craig movies up until she died. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was that the same M. You know what? I'm all for it. Um, I'm open to, to to watching it, but a big stubborn part of me, that a big non-accepting stubborn part of me, just doesn't like certain things changing. It's like I'm not too sure about James Bond being a woman, not because it's a woman, but just because it's just a far. But maybe we need that. But I don't want to see it in the same light as why on earth there was a black human torch in Fantastic Four. Do you think it's because they oh. need to shoehorn it in now? Is it, is, we have to have one of every, every minority, we have to have one of every gender, we have to have one of every... It's like, almost like they're in there now because they... Hmm? Give me a character I care about. I, I'd much rather have that. Yeah, like, give me someone that you, you chose... Because of their talent, not because of the political gain know, right, that just... you will get from it. No, because no. as a society, we care too much about what people will say. Sometimes I do wish we were back in the 90s. Like, you ever watch, you know Futurama? Yeah. If you watch Futurama now, a lot of Karens out there would be writing letters of complaint. That's <laughs> true, you know. <laughs> just based on themes Futurama Simpsons um, even Archer of which I absolutely love Archer yeah Archer's good yeah. yeah 
Because nobody complained when, say, Samuel L. Jackson took on Nick Fury. No one complained when the race changed to, say, um, when Blade came along as Wesley Snipes. Played the best version of him. We love it. Race was never an issue. What? What? Was Blade originally white? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. But it's, it's never made a difference. It's like, he's Blade, he's cool, and we love Wesley Snipes. They fit the role really well. Nick, uh, Nick Fury, the I, same. Of which... See, I find the Nick Fury one interesting because the Nick Fury I grew up with was grey slash brown haired right, Caucasian yeah. Fury yeah. from from the Spider Man cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Who was a dick every time I saw him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> set the set them up and spin them over. Yeah, like he was just always showing up at the wrong time with the wrong end of the stick, just 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 ruining the day. Yeah. Um, but I love that. Back in the day, they actually asked Samuel L. Jackson, can we make Nick Fury look like you? And he was like, yeah, as long as I get to play him in a live-action version one. I think that's so cool. They did it. That, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who told me that? Um, I mean, I, think it was... I understand it is sort of insulting for me to even ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just a casual fan in regards to the comic books, but I'm not I'm rather than a geek, but... Um, no, it, it's a cool thing. Um, what else was there? Uh, you've seen, obviously, Doctor Who's changed to a woman. That's quite controversial. Although her, the many problem, many problems with her is that they, it appears to have been shoehorned in politically for the sake of it, um, mm. for no reason. And then the cast, the ensemble around her, appear to be every episode that because there's four of them that they haven't got enough each to do that none of them seem to matter as characters. They appear to be well. Every week, there's two people doing something and two aren't doing something in Doctor Who, so that's been a, a bit of an issue. Um, you know, have like Star Trek Discovery with its. I, I saw a thing the other day that says, "Oh, it's a the first uh, non-binary character." I'm going, but you have one in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What? <laughs> What's all this about? <laughs> also, speaking of Star Trek, was it Star Trek? It was. There's one episode of Star Trek I will never forget, and it's one of the most forgettable episodes ever. Oh, yeah? I forgot what the name of the episode is, but it's The Rock versus Seven of Nine. Dude, yeah! <laughs> yes. Where he beats her ass. Because um, he showed up as one of those... Uh, the... Yeah, it's changed with forehead, guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not relevant... But I thought I'd tell you, I have just done this entire interview with a portion of my face numb. Uh, you, yeah, you mentioned about your operation, didn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so literally, a, a lot of it has recently just came back because I had a massive wisdom tooth that was sat on a nerve. Oh, man. Um, so they had to actually get a surgeon to do it. Um, but... Turns out, because I walked out, after it was done, they just escorted me out. I was like, cool. Then I was like, no, I don't I don't feel right. Even if I get away with it, it doesn't feel right because I'm still on their records. I went back because I, I, I thought they forgot to make me pay. So I went back to pay. Turns out it was free. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's free if... Your Sorry. dentist gives you a referral oh, to okay. a. Gotcha. Okay. So I was walking away like, oh, 
that just saved me 50 quid. Now I'm even happier about buying Cyberpunk. <laughs> I do not care because I, I, I don't care. 11 times out of 12 of the year, it really doesn't make too much of a difference to be short 50 quid. But in the month of December, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> It's so expensive because for me, this is my second but proper year as having a family of my own. Yeah, I do. You know. As in, you know, house, girlfriend, kid. Like, I, I, that's something I always felt was beyond my reach because I, I was just, I was never interested. Like, I, I, I didn't care about having a, a, a girlfriend and a kid. Um, but, in life, people happen to you, and they, they change it for the best. So it's like, as amazing as it is, being an adult is costly. Providing yeah. that, you know, providing those things that you were used to get as a kid. I'm now feeding it. Dude, I've got two kids, man, and uh, they're both now grown up. So I, I, I felt the pain, and I'm going to feel the pain again. It's my son's birthday on the 16th. So um, I, oh. I get double, I double whammy in Christmas. <laughs> Mate, the three-year-old, her birthday was in October. The missus, her birthday was yesterday. Oh, man, cool. Um, but I had to leave her and come back to Nottingham because surgery, you know? Um, so having that birthday and then having Christmas. That's uh, the wallet getting lighter and lighter, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. But it's all worth it. It's genuinely all worth it to to, to, to see them smile. Um, but I'm glad because one one year, I think it was my first year, my work suckered me in. Bearing in mind, I didn't even need the money, but we got paid monthly. They suckered me in into get, get, getting my uh, my December my yeah my December pay early. So instead of getting it for the end of December. They gave it to me on the twentieth of December instead. Like you could apply and get that approved. Interest. That's good. That's good. No, it isn't. Why? <laughs> because January That's five was a long. Yeah, like I, I was going five weeks without pay, and it's a bit of a mud one. A bit of a mud one. <laughs> dude, I, I'm just seeing the clock here, dude. Um, I can see the countdown to Cyberpunk is still on. Shall we, shall we round this up for now then? So if anyone was wanted to get into contact with you then regarding your, your character, wants to talk about you or get in contact with you, how can they do so? What's the best way? Um, Instagram. Just literally type in search actual lovejoy. Okay, that's, that's your handle for Instagram, yeah? Actual lovejoy or just type in Xander Zulu. I will pop up anyway. Um, I usually respond quickest to that. Okay. I have a Facebook fan page that some people get at me through. Um, that is a terrible place to actually try and get in, in, in touch with me because the notifications are, they don't come in as quick as regular Facebook Messenger because you've got two profiles, so you have to switch profiles. Gotcha. And I don't always have the time for that, but I always respond generally. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, Instagram, actual lovejoy. Please check us out on YouTube, um, YouTube House of Pain Wrestling. Uh, search that or Future Wrestling. You can also check that out. 
Um, and thanks a lot for having me. Oh, yeah, we, we've been speaking from seven. It's now nearly 11. Yeah, so in terms of a podcast, I mean, I generally will uh, switch this up a bit. I'll take what, what, what's, what's in, what seems relevant, what seems uh, best. Hey, I've got to listen to this back in real time, dude, <laughs> at some point and take out the best part. But I'll make it make it more relevant. Eh? All the rest of them, I generally record it when we upload it straight away. But this one, I guess, also at the same time, we've been talking about a lot of different things, too. So, uh, But it's, it's been absolutely good fun, man. Uh, well, we should have done this sooner. Um, but we should definitely look forward to doing it again. Definitely, because... I don't even talk to my girlfriend this long on the show. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the hair. <laughs> the longest, most engaging conversations I've had with anyone in in years. Because I don't like people. You don't like people, <laughs> right? I, I, I don't like people, I get on with people, I guess. I bring yeah. the best out of people. I, I get on with people, but I don't like talking for long periods of time unless it's something as engaging as this where you know you're talking to someone with a similar level of interest so you can go on and on and on and on and on and it just won't stop um these are my favorite types of conversations and it's what i enjoy the most so thank you for taking the time and just having me on mm-hmm.